0: Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman.
1: You showed up. I really appreciate that. A pleasant good Monday morning to you. This is Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers, and I'm Trace Fowler. Sports are wild, aren't they? They're wild. We've had back to back weekends in this city that have quite frankly could have swung the trajectory of how we view everything. How we feel in life. Could have made a world of difference just on a few different outcomes. And quite frankly not a whole lot of went the way of Cincinnati fandom. Could have went a number of ways and it went maybe about as bad as it could have gone. Most notably, the Cincinnati Bengals. Certainly when you come into a season with as high as expectations as they have down at Paycor Stadium, you never probably would have imagined a start quite like this one. It's hard to suggest that it's just been one thing with the Bengals. Now I know someone's going to be yelling right now, Joe Burrow, that's what it is. Joe Burrow. Well, before you go down that path, that is Joe Burrow, might I remind you in 2021, the Bengals played 20 football games. They gave up 24 plus points five times. In 2022, they played 19 times. They gave up 24 plus points six times. It's 2023. They've played four games. They've given up 24-plus points three times. There's more to it than just Joe Burrow. Let's get into the game. Opening drive. The Bengals are marching. Dissecting. Looks like the Joe Burrow and the Bengals offensive old. In a must-win game, about as must-win as you could possibly get in the NFL outside of literally an elimination game, certainly through four weeks, it's about as close to, to must-win as one can get. It's third and goal from the six-yard line. You got a $275 million quarterback, 200-plus of that, guaranteed though by the way. And you decide to run which is fine by me, quite frankly, you pick up three yards and now it's fourth and goal from the three. For me, what's the point of running on third and goal from the six if you don't have intentions of possibly going for it if you get three or four yards there? That's what a good run in the NFL is, especially down when you get near the goal line. So you pick up three yards, you have fourth and goal from the three and you kick a field goal. That for me sets the tone. It sets the tone. That's a huge win for the Titans. You allow 72 yards of offense, 11 plays, a six minute drive. And what's the reward for the Bengals? Three points. The Titans would score 27 unanswered. They'd go on to win 27-3. The Bengals dropped to 1-3 on the season. And now there's a pretty healthy debate on whether the season is dead, on what Joe Burrow should do. We'll get into all of that. And, uh, but first, let's get into the, the, the weekend. We'll cap off some Cincinnati sports, as bad and as, as difficult as it may be. The Reds dropped their final game 4-3 to to the St. Louis Cardinals. They will miss the postseason by officially two games. Although yesterday around Major League Baseball, quite a few teams decided to play guys that quite frankly probably weren't supposed to play. Uh, most notably, the Arizona Diamondbacks decided basically to sit their entire team. So you can't really suggest that for a second that if the Reds would have won like We all had suggested if they were able to sweep the Cardinals, they would be in the postseason. Now, if you look at the box score, you look at the record books, it's certainly going to appear that way. But there's a little more to the story than just that. The fact is, they just ran out of gas. The Cincinnati Reds just ran out of gas, and it was a great season. Joey Votto, in what appears to be his final game, at least as a Cincinnati Red, got ejected after his first at-bat. Did Joey want to get ejected? <laughs> That's the weird thing about all this. Did he want to get ejected? Was he looking for that? The umpire missed the call. There's no doubt about it. The crazy thing nowadays is, is that those players can walk down in the dugout and five seconds after they get in that dugout, they know damn well whether they were right or wrong about the call. Now, as an umpire, that has to be a little frustrating, right? Because nobody's ever going to... Nobody's ever going to give you credit for when you get that that call right. But boy, if you miss it, they're going to be chirping. But do you have a little bit of feel if you're that umpire? Do you have an idea? Did he even know that it was Joey Votto's last game? Are you supposed to know those types of things? But Joey Votto, for all intents and purposes, argued a call that he missed. And if you're that umpire... You can't, can't you just eat it? Can't you just like take it on the chin? Let him say whatever he wants. Who cares? Why are you getting offended by it? Why do you care? Now, if he pushes you, shoves you, spits in your face, does something crazy, so be it. But you weren't mentally strong enough just to let it all go. That for me, that's a little bit of a black eye on that umpire's resume. Now, of course, we're all biased. Is it his last game? We'll get into all of that, obviously, at some point. Today's probably not that day. But as we move along here, uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats set the tone, their football team that they have down there. Uh, they set the tone on Friday night for what we could come to expect as a pretty black, a black hole for Cincinnati sports this weekend. They would lose to BYU, 35 to 27. They were outgained by the Mormons. They outgained the Mormons. They outgained the Mormons by 203 yards and lost the football game. That's a brutal stretch of football for Satterfield in his program. They have a buy coming up. A must. A must. I don't want to say a must buy, but a a buy that is about as about as well timed as one could hope for. They will not play again until October 14th. They have a homecoming game against Iowa State. Casey told me that FC Cincinnati won the Supporters' Shield. That's good news. It's the best record in the MLS. Good for, good for FC. I mean, that, that is good. Good for FC, good for Cincinnati. There's something good that happened this weekend. The NFL, we'll go through some scores here from the weekend if you, weren't, if you didn't get a chance to see. But uh, the Jags, they played, on, uh, they played on the old Sunday morning, if you will. They played over in London. I watched the broadcast on the old, uh, what, what was it, on ESPN Plus. They had like the Toy Story broadcast. We'll talk about that around the room. I thought that was pretty cool for kids. That was pretty neat. But anyways, the Jags would go on to beat uh, Desmond Ritter. The dynamite Desmond Ritter, 23-7. The Falcons would fall. Broncos, they came all the way back. I mean, I thought the Broncos were going to be the worst team in the NFL by far. I was watching that game at the beginning of it. The Broncos, they were getting obliterated. Justin Fields looked like an MVP, and I was just waiting for all the MVP chance to come back. I was waiting for it all just to come roaring back. And sure enough, what happens? Here come the Broncos. They take a 31-28 to lead. Here comes Justin Fields and the Bears for a final chance to win the game. And what happens? Justin Fields throws an interception. The Bears' hopes are dashed. Best of luck to them with their first-round pick. And by first round, I mean the first pick of the first round. The Dolphins, uh, they beat the Broncos 70-20 last week. They lost to the Bills 48-20 this week. (laughs) That's the NFL. The NFL, what a wild league this is. The banged-up Baltimore Ravens, humiliated, quarterbackless Cleveland Browns, 28-3. to Hopefully for Cleveland, Deshaun Watson finds himself back on the field because if he doesn't, I mean, can you imagine the Browns fan base right now as we speak? I mean, they thought they had it in the bag. They were looking forward to go in there, make a statement this week against the Ravens, be atop of the AFC North, make fun of Bengal fans, make fun of Ravens fans, laugh at how bad that Kenny Pickett is, and I think Kenny Pickett got hurt. And where do the Browns sit now? They sit in the same old mess they've always been in. They don't have a quarterback, and they got a good team. I mean, it's got to be tiresome if you're up there by the lake. (laughs) It's got to be tiresome. The Rams, uh, they beat the Colts in overtime. That That was a good red zone game because nobody's really watching that game. Besides folks in Indianapolis and maybe L.A. Probably not even L.A. if we're being honest. So for the folks that were in Indianapolis, they watched the whole game. But for all of us, we got a, we got a chance to, to kind of marinate in that a little bit for the Red Zone Channel. But they beat the Colts 29-23 in overtime. Baker Mayfield and the Bucks, Boy, there's getting some steam here. There's some steam here now. They take care of the Saints 26-9. Now, the Saints, I think, are a pretty decent team. But I tell you what, we should just, we need to start giving some credit to Baker Mayfield and the Bucs. We'll, uh, we'll see what the rest of the season holds. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But congratulations to the Buccaneers. It's about time they got a quarterback down there. Um, Kirk Cousins. 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins, by the way. Ooh. It's about as scary as many people's Halloween costumes. They, uh, they would beat the Panthers 21-13. CJ Stroud legit? I think CJ Stroud is legit, man. I think he is. That kid actually has got some moxie to him, too. Did you see his post-game interview? Did you see the press conference he had? If you didn't, I'm going to have Casey dig that thing up before the end of the show. This kid gets it. The kid gets it. I mean, it, it, whether he believes what he says in the post-game interview or doesn't, I don't know. But I do know this. The kid gets it. He's out here talking about how, you know, he's seen how many Pittsburgh Steelers fans there were in the crowd. He understood what, the, what it meant. He's seen that there wasn't as many Houston Texans fans as he was hoping for. But as he said, he wanted his fans to be, a little, to be a little braggadocious, to feel good about themselves, to be able to make fun of all the Pittsburgh Steelers fans that were in the crowd. That's what he's openly saying. He said, I know how it is. Casey will obviously bring up the clip later. But he said he knows how it is. He gets pissed off when his L.A. Lakers don't win. So he wanted to make sure that that the Texans fans had something to brag about. Said he's fallen in love with the city day by day. They dismantle the Steelers 30 to 6. (laughs) Don't look now. Don't look now. But the but the but the daunted the scary the most toughest division in football. The AFC North might be a powder puff football league. The Steelers lose thirty to six to the Texans. That's the Texans' first home victory since December of two thousand and twenty-one. The Patriots—they look scrappy for the first few weeks of the season. That was not until yesterday, where uh, Mac Jones had to be benched and the Cowboys destroyed him. Cowboys had one bad week, but I think the Cowboys are pretty good. Just saying. They won 38-3. to that's, that's a tail kicking in the NFL. The Cardinals remain undefeated. No, they don't. The 49ers remain undefeated.
2: <laughs> that was my bad.
1: Well, nothing like the telepromp. The 49ers remain undefeated. They beat the Cardinals 35-16. McCaffrey had four touchdowns, but running backs don't matter. The Chargers and Brandon Staley tried to blow the game, but they hung on to win. 24-17 against the Raiders. The Commanders took care of the Eagles. Uh, The Commanders took the Eagles to overtime. I'm going to have to start reading these before I go on. The Commanders took the Eagles to overtime. That was another good red zone game. Those are the two games you were locked in on. You You had the Commanders and the Eagles, and you had the Colts and the Rams. And we were just sitting there watching it. Didn't have a dog in the fight, but it's an enjoyable Sunday when the Red Zone Channel's got two games like this. But uh, they would lose on a last second touchdown, 34-31. Chiefs, uh, they'd get bailed out by the refs last night on Sunday Night Football. We've seen Taylor Swift 35 times. I think we're all probably over that. Zach Wilson looked pretty good last night. I think we got to give Zach Wilson a little bit of credit for how he looked. Now, do I think he's going to end up being a guy that can carry a team and, and all that? I, I don't know. I'm not going to go that far. But you know what? When, when you dog a guy, when you get on a guy, when you say a guy's worthless, like we have said in the past, and, and he certainly looks that way more times than not, I also want to say I thought he looked pretty good last night. But it didn't matter. Chiefs would beat the, the, uh, the Jets 23-20. to Sala almost basically, I thought was going to, you know, I don't say roid rage. That's the wrong term to use there. But he was going to rage against that that referee that threw that holding penalty. Something about the Chiefs and holding penalties with games on the line. It's interesting. But they don't want to call a holding penalty that we all seen from a mile away. Basically, on that third and whatever it was, third and twenty. You know, I don't know the 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 Johnson kid that was number eleven on the Jets, trying to get to the quarterback. I mean, you don't talk about holding. That was actually worse than holding. That was almost like a personal foul, in my opinion. That's how bad he held. But we won't get into that. Chiefs beat the Jets 23-20. They didn't cover the spread, and uh, for, for that intensive purposes, uh, Elliot would like everyone to know that Patrick Mahomes should go to jail for that. Fellows, I think we have to rip the Band-Aid off around here. And uh, I don't know. Unfortunately, Reed's not here today, so, you know, we, we can't send it over to him. Cause I would love to on a day in which the running backs shined and ran for touchdowns and hell. I mean, even through touchdowns, <laughs> we got running backs throwing touchdowns. I mean, Derek Henry threw more touchdowns yesterday than a guy that makes $219 million guaranteed to play quarterback. He's not here. So I can't talk to him. So I guess we'll send it over to a guy I was worried about yesterday. I hope that uh, he's made it into the
3: studio. So that's good. Elliot. You doing all right over there, man? Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, I, I've certainly been better. There have been times in my life where I've felt better than I feel today. But I'm okay. I, I think yesterday for the Bengals, it was – at least it wasn't a soul-crushing loss. It was just embarrassing. Uh, but right now, it's just not having a single Cincinnati sports team go my way is is brutal. So, that's just – it's just it's just disgusting. I watched the game yesterday. I was at um, – I was at a, a Wings and Rings in, in, in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, and we were watching the game, first drive, everybody in the place goes nuts, it was awesome. By the end of the game, somebody had asked, and this is a real thing, they requested to put on ESPN where they were playing pickleball. This was a real thing. They turned off the Bengals game and put on pickleball because the, the entire restaurant was, was disgusting. And that's a real thing. And I and it was at that point where I left because it was I I, I deemed it to be an unserious restaurant at that moment. I think there was about five minutes left in the game. They're like, let's watch some pickleball. Nah, nah, I'll take my talents elsewhere. But last night was gross. Yesterday was gross. The Red Season's dead. The Bengal Season's dead. Bearcat Season's dead. I have nothing and nobody. And to top it all off, last night I had Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. You know, despite everything, I have have a deep respect for Patrick Mahomes. He's a true competitor. He plays it down all the way to the final whistle. He goes hard. He plays hard. Last night, he decided to not play until the final whistle. He quit on his team. He quit on the fans. He quit on the country. When he decided to take that slide, QB Neal, when he had a wide open end zone, it was the most disgusting, most egregious play I've ever seen in the history of sports. He should be fined. He should be in prison. Asterix. He shouldn't actually go to prison, but that, that's just the asterix there. Um, should not go to prison, but he should go to prison. So I woke up this morning. I couldn't believe it happened. I, I, I literally couldn't believe what, what, what transpired last night. I was texting Trace in, the, in, in, our, in our work group chat, and I said, you know what? They're going to score a touchdown here. They're going to score a touchdown. They're going to do it. They know what's, on, they know what's at stake. Sean McVay knew it was at stake when he did it the other day. He knows, what, he knows what's at stake here. We got to, we, Seven and a half. We know. What does he do? He Todd Gurley's it. He sits down at the one-yard line, and he spits at America. So thank you, Patrick Mahomes. You've now made an enemy. How's everybody else doing?
1: I don't know. I assume Spurs feeling pretty good. The Cowboys won. Um, so there's that, and uh, other, other, otherwise, there was some, uh, there was some already spirited uh, d- d- conversations over there at that table earlier, and I told you both just to be quiet because you got a, two hours to talk about it. But between the two of you, one's feeling pretty good, and the other one's feeling pretty bad, and you can figure out by the look of it which one's which.
2: and my two <laughs> <laughs> Six home runs. Mike Casey. Mike, my bad. You're good now. You're won, good. Won the game 19 to two on Friday night. Got us fired up going into the weekend, and then the Bearcats came on, and the weekend just completely changed. I threw a little money at the Bearcats that night. Didn't work out for me. Outgained a team by 200 yards and still find a way to lose a game. That's tough. But uh, going into yesterday. Cincinnati Bengals. I'm a red zone guy. I usually watch the red zone channel. That's what I do on Sundays. My wife was like, let's watch the Bengals game. I'm like, all right, let's sit down. Let's let's turn the Bengals game on. I, I won't watch the red zone. I'll watch the Bengals today. Halftime, the TV turned. Because good Lord. Punt, 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 punt. Titans, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. What is it, 24 to three at the half? Yeah.
1: Tough for the Bengals. Tough one. Casey, you're usually an optimistic fan, uh, about as optimistic as they come. Where are we at on the, on the levels here? Um,
0: I, I had already said on Twitter, I, I hit the panic button. It's been smashed. I'm, I'm a little worried. Um, they just don't look good on any phase. Um, not only were they punt, punt, punting. Um, the two touchdowns that they scored first, in the first half were by five plays, 78 yards, chunking them and four plays, 73 yards, chunking them again. And then to add salt to the injury, (laughs) we go into the second half and the very opening drive, the Titans have a 10 minute drive, which was the most, it was the longest drive that the Titans had since 2003. Um, I think, I think I'm uh, worried about everything on this team. It's, it's not a good, it's not a good day. It was a really bad day yesterday. Someone say it was a tough one. It
1: was a tough one. It was a tough one. (laughs) I, I don't know what you want me to do. Do you? Want, what, what, what do you want from me? Because I sat up here and I tried to say it as eloquently as I could. And everybody wanted to say, oh, Trace, you're just a hater. The Packers lost on Thursday. And you're just being a hater. You don't like the Bengals, blah, blah, blah. I want the Bengals to win. It's good for all of us. A lot of my friends root for the Bengals. I like my friends to be happy. But... I also get to watch the games from a perspective without a whole lot of blinders on, not a whole lot of heart in it. I guess I get to see it for what I truthfully think that it is. I can't do that with the Reds. I can't do that with the Reds. I believe that the Reds were going to make the postseason all the way up until they literally were eliminated. And you know what? If I wasn't a fan of the Reds, I probably would have said that team ain't good (laughs) enough to make the postseason. That, that, That team. I mean, look at that team. They got like guys like they got guys like Ben Lively throwing major innings. They got they got they got some named guy Connor Phillips that that, that I mean he throws twelve straight balls, can't even get out of the first inning. They're not good enough to make the postseason. What the hell is that guy talking about? So I can't do that. Before I get into this, I, I will say, Drew, Drew, congratulations to the Michigan man. That is that is Brad Robbins. He did look good. And by, by all means, he's got a lot of practice. He's had a lot of practice. <laughs> not many. Not, not, I'll tell you what. Brad Robbins has probably kicked more punts in the last two weeks than some guys will have until they get to their bye week. But here, here's where I, just, I, don't, I don't follow the logic of the, of, the, of the fan that wants to say that playing Joe Burrow is the only option. How many more times do we have to watch this happen before you just finally say, Trace, maybe you were right all along. Because at some point, Joe Burrow is an investment. That's it. that's exactly what he is. Now, you, you don't want to give up on a season, no. But I also think he's terrible right now. Quite honestly, he's maybe, maybe you can make the argument the worst quarterback in the league right now. And the fact that you even could say something like that shows you that you probably shouldn't play the guy. Because at this point, I don't know if it's the calf. I don't know if it's confidence. I don't know if it's truly that he's, that he's just in his own head at this point to where he, he just isn't the same guy right now for whatever reason. Maybe it's not the calf. Maybe the calf is, is perfectly fine. Well, if it's perfectly fine, then why doesn't he step up in the pocket? Why doesn't he try to you know, roll out once there's a little bit of pressure. <clears throat> you watched the game last night with, with Patrick Mahomes. Now, again, I'm comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. Maybe that's not fair. But how many times did Patrick Mahomes just extend the play by literally just moving, running? How many times have you watched a great quarterback or even a good quarterback extend a play by moving? It goes much deeper than just... The fact that his calves hurt and he can't move as well not only can he move he's proven at least so far he can't be accurate on a ball over 15 yards down the field consistently accurate so what in my opinion have teams decided to do unbeknownst to me the titans i have no idea why on the first drive of the game decided to play off man coverage they decided they were just going to drop their DBs back about eight, nine yards away. And they were just going to give up the dinks and dunks. And I'm like, what are they? I mean, what's the point? That's that, that, that plays right into the Bengals' hand. Right into the Bengals' hand. And sure enough, there they go. 70-some, 72 yards. They only get a field goal. And here we are again. But then they decided to do what? They decided, you know what? Enough's enough. We're going to bring five, six guys. Hell, they brought like eight guys one time. We're going we're gonna to leave some of these guys out on islands. Does it help that T. Higgins didn't play yesterday? No. Is that a complete excuse as to why you got three points? Come on. So what, what is it that the Bengals don't have right now that they've had in the past? It's obviously the vertical threat. It's obviously being able to throw the ball down the field and make plays. That's clearly what it is. Joe Mixon looked great yesterday. Now I know there's going to be some people that are saying, you know, oh man, how in the world you you, you run the ball successfully the whole entire first drive and then you just completely give up on it. And, And that's, that's, there's some validity to that. There's some validity to that, but the Bengals are in a predicament now where Zach Taylor is still operating underneath the, underneath the notion that he has a guy back there playing quarterback. That's what he's had in the past few seasons. And that's just not what he has right now. So if you don't have that right now, guess what? Zach Taylor as a play caller, you got to make an adjustment. You got to find something else because what you're doing it is not working. This isn't speculation. This is just pure fact. Now, I don't know who to blame, but Zach Taylor has got to be right in the middle of the crosshairs here because this isn't the first time. You could say, you know what, week one, there's a little bit of an excuse because you just didn't know what you had in Joe Burrow. You scored three points, and then there's a really good defense on the other side of the ball. The Cleveland Browns, really good team. You go into the next week, you got the Ravens, another good defense. Now, they had a lot of injuries. They didn't have their full, full-fledged full defense, but but still, it's the Ravens. And without a punt return, if we're going to be honest, without that kick return for a touchdown, I think that game feels a lot different. Okay, so whatever, you move on, you, you find a way, you find a way to win against the Rams, and your defense carried you. The offense looked abysmal again. So okay, you got a whole another week, but you survived. You survived. It's one. In, you're one and two. You survived. You got a chance to go play the Tennessee Titans. Oh, by the way, the Titans just lost 28 to three to the, to the, to the Browns. So they're obviously not world beaters. And you go out there and that's a performance. Some of that has to get laid right at the feet of Zach Taylor, like him or not. He has to take some blame. Now, what do you do to fix the problem? I don't think you have much of a choice. You either change the offense dramatically and you try to get Jamar chase the ball as much as humanly possible, because I'm here to tell you if there's one thing that I took away from that game yesterday, every time Jamar chase gets the ball, it, it, it's just different. He takes a pass, a slant for two yards and it's a seven yard game. I mean, he's open, open. Now he lets you know that he's open. Casey, you got that clip? I do have the clip. If you didn't see it, Jamar Chase letting you know. <clears throat> and Jamar Chase ain't wrong. This ain't no, in my opinion, this ain't a guy just being a diva. This is a guy that wants to win football games and he's just telling you the cold, hard truth. These are the facts. Now, there is some language here. So if you have, uh, if you're at work and people, other people can hear this, uh, or if you have kids around, just slide the volume button down a little bit. Many of you probably already seen it. But if you haven't seen it, This is what Jamar Chase had to say when somebody asked him, are you
0: open? Yeah, disclaimer, once again, turn the volume down.
1: Four games this season, do you feel like you've had less time to get open and create
4: space for yourself? Nah, I'm open. I'm always fucking open. Excuse my profanity, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Jamar, probably my first time seeing him through this injury, an injury like this, besides, you know, that.
1: Now, Jamar Chase said from the very get-go, what did he say? He said, Joe Burrow shouldn't play. Joe Burrow shouldn't play. Sit him. Sit him until he's healthy. Wait until he- come back after the bye week, he said. Now that begs the question that I ask you, and I'll ask everyone else in the room. Is there a chance that internally, the things that they were saying about Joe Burrow were different than what they were saying to the press and the public? Is there a chance that Jamar Chase had inside information on just how, how, how good Joe Burrow has looked? Now, I'm not here to speculate and try to say that, 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 that the Bengals are lying or anything like that. What I am suggesting is that if anybody knows the health and knows how good or how ready somebody is, you think Jamar Chase would know just about as well about Joe Burrow as anybody else outside of Joe Burrow. So if Jamar Chase didn't want him to play, it begs the question, how has he looked at practice? How has, it, how has he internally said he's feeling? Or is this just peer pressure from the fact that you just signed a guy for 200 and what was it? 12, $19 million guaranteed. And he's got $275 million contract. You just signed this guy. The last thing you want to do is have that guy sit out for six straight weeks. Maybe there's some of that. All I know is that something's got to give. Elliot on the scale or where you're at with Joe Burrow, Obviously, you've heard my take thousands of times over. We will get into it I again. Have. But where are you at as we sit here on this lovely Monday morning?
3: I, listen, I think Joe Burrow's hurt. It's, it's very clear. But I don't know how much this injury is affecting his god-awful play. Because he looks like a quarterback who shouldn't be in the National Football League right now. He looks atrocious. Yesterday, in, in one of the pressers, he said that uh, he, the calf feels good. He said that after the game. He said, the calf feels good. They just have a lot to get fixed. Jeremy Rauch tweeted it. Um, the calf doesn't look good, Joe. The calf looks bad. And if you're going to sit there and say the calf looks good, you probably should play better than can execute 20 for 30 for 150 yards. No touchdowns, no fumble. So it's it, it's right now it's pretty much a disaster mode. I think at this point you bench Joe Burrow. Whether or not he's healthy, it honestly doesn't even matter at this point. You're 1-3. Uh, if if you if you lose to the Cardinals this week, the season's done. It's cooked. One and four, and, that, and these are and these are games against the easiest part of the schedule. So, these are the easiest teams you're going to play all year. And if you're not going to look competitive against the Titans, if you can't look competitive against the Titans, I have a hard time believing you're going to the postseason. I have a, I have a hard time believing. Now we can sit here and say if he's going to get healthy, let's wait until he gets healthy. Let's wait and wait and wait let's wait five weeks, the season will really be over. And, then, and at that point, you don't play him because why are you playing your starting quarterback when you're one and seven? At this point for me, you take your chances with A.J. McCarron, hope A.J. McCarron can learn the offense, and if A.J. can play the next four weeks, three weeks, whatever it is until the bye, if he can get us to a record that's serviceable and winnable, and then we'll talk about Joe Burrow coming back. But at this point, Joe Burrow shouldn't be in. I don't know why Joe Burrow was in the game yesterday, if I'm going to be honest with you, in the fourth quarter. It was an uncompetitive game. Zach Taylor should, should really know better, if I'm going to be honest with you. If, if we're going to sit up here and say he's a $219 million investment, blah, 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 blah. Your quarterback looks bad. He's playing in a game. He's playing at a point in the game where the game doesn't matter. You can't come back. And he's taking meaningful hits when, when he's injured already. So why was Joe Burrow in the game at the end? And maybe it's just a competitor, right? Maybe it's Joe Burrow telling Zach, I'm not leaving the game. This is my team. I'll go down with the ship. I'm the captain of the ship. I'll go down with the ship. But something has to change with, with, with coaching. It's, there, there, is an, there is a problem right now, and especially but you, you say you want Jamar Chase to get the ball more. That'll be easy. T. Higgins gone for several weeks. So now it's only Jamar Chase. We have a healthy Jamar Chase. We have a healthy Joe Mixon, and that's about it. Tight ends, tight end's gone. Charlie Jones gone. So now we really have nothing. If, if I'm if I'm Zach Taylor, I rip out Joe Burrow from this offense, I sit him, he's gone for the next several weeks, or until he, he feels better, I guess. But even then, once he comes back, Joe Burrow doesn't play play well after these these long absences. So I don't know what you'll have at that point. But right now there is a serious issue with this team. I don't think it can be fixed. You just have to ride out the pain until this misery ends, and that's and that's honest to God. You can say that's me being a negative fan. That's whatever. The team doesn't look competitive against teams that aren't good. The Tennessee Titans are not a good football team. They're not a good football team. These guys, Tannehill looked like looked like Tom Brady yesterday. I mean, everybody was open. Everybody was open. Defense was getting shredded on the ground. Three of the four weeks they've played, they've been absolutely torched, 175-plus yards in three of the four games on the ground. So at some point, there has to be a game plan switch. There has to be something. And and Trey said it at the beginning of the show. They looked good. Joe Burrow and and, and T. Higgins and, and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon, the offense looked good on that first drive. And they played aggressive. They took the ball first. They're like, you know what? And I think they did this at some point last year. I'll, I forget which game it was, but they did the same thing. Offense looks stale, so we're going to come out. We're going we're to kick you in the face first. And I think, truly, there was a momentum switch when you run it on third down, third and goal, and you have no intention of going for it on fourth. The play call doesn't make sense. You're not giving yourself a chance to succeed. It's, it's third and goal from the six five yard line, whatever it was. You're running the ball. When, you, when, when teams do that, you have to go for it on fourth. It doesn't make sense why you don't. So you kick the field goal, you settle for three, and that was it. The game was over there. Defense hung with them a little bit, I guess, but, uh, but once, it, once it got close to halftime, it was done. At this point, I'm very concerned. I think the season's a wash, and you can sit here and say, there's 15 games left. Guys, they have at no point have looked competitive. Even the Rams game. The Rams game was ugly, man. They scored three points in the first half, or six points, whatever it was. The offense isn't there. And the defense just can't get and punched and punched and punched when the offense just isn't trying. Maybe they are trying. It sure doesn't look like it. This is a disaster.
1: Spur, Spurs is another guy that doesn't watch these games. An probably. utter disaster. <laughs> He's another guy. There's two guys in the room right now <laughs> that don't watch these games as, as diehard as, as obviously uh, Elliot and Casey, and many of you do. You didn't watch Red Zone yesterday. You watched this game. What's the what? What sticks out? What, what, how do you feel about it? Where are you at with the Bengals?
2: I mean, in yesterday's game, I, I'm a up front guy when it comes to football. I think that's the other than the quarterback, the most important positions on the field. You got to dominate up front on both sides of the ball. The Bengals got dominated up front on both yeah. sides of the football yesterday. The offensive line. And I think a lot of that was schemed by the Titans. They did a lot of blitzing yesterday because they know Joe is Joe just a sitting duck back there. He can't get out of the pocket. And until until Joe Burrow can play, there's no way Joe Burrow's calf selfie. There's no way he's telling the truth on that. and Because that's just not the way he normally plays. I mean, the last couple of years we've seen it. He gets out of the pike. He had like 300 yards rushing last year and five rushing touchdowns. I don't even know. Has he even had a? Has he attempted a run yet this year? Yeah, the he very first two, drive, a
1: two-yard gain, yeah. and he and he dove down like like yeah. like like there was yeah, some could. meteors coming to the earth too when he when he <laughs> yeah. It.
2: I mean, there's just there's no way he's healthy. He's not playing the same type of football that he's we've seen the last couple of years. And until he gets to that point, he shouldn't be playing because he's just not a good quarterback. I mean, I I, I gave a comparison earlier. He looks like. The year that the Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning threw probably ten more interceptions than he threw touchdowns, and he looked like a sitting duck back there. His ball was—he couldn't get no strength on his throws because he had no arm strength anymore. He couldn't put anything into it. That's what Joe Burrow looks like right now. He's his passes are anything over ten yards. There's no steam out of on them at all. They're floating. I mean, they're floating passes. He hasn't. I don't know. He can't put anything into his throws. He just doesn't look like the same guy.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you, Spur. I think part of the offensive line issues really do stem from Joe not being able to move in the pocket. He can move vertically, up and down. But when it comes to making the side adjustments, the horizontals, the left and the rights, just that small small little movements in the pocket, it's just not there. And on top of that, it seems like his pocket awareness – with this injury is not there yet either. So he's making, he's trying to attempt throws and a guy's on his back already. And it's just not, it's not good. I gotta say the offensive line didn't play great, but they didn't get a whole lot of help. I think they had a lot of miscues early after that first drive. And I think a lot of that moment, the, the momentum of that game changed a lot on that, the, that third down run, that, that was a big momentum swing. And to be quite honest with you, I'm disappointed in the defense tremendously. I mean, we want to sit here and talk about the punts, but they had their field goal, and then the next drive was seven plays after the Titans scored a field goal. Then we three and out. We we hold the Titans to three and out. Then we punt. We we run four plays. The next drive for the Titans was five plays, seventy eight yards on a three minute drive. Those are chunks. On five plays, we get held to a three and out. And then the defense gives up a four-play 73-yard drive with a minute and 40 seconds off the clock. Again, more chunk plays. I mean, we're not used to seeing the Bengals give up this many deep, deep runs and deep throws. We can't get anything going again offensively. And then at that point, the Titans just tighten it up. And I the, the 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 second half 15 plays 65 yards in a 10 minute drive. we just could not get off the field and yeah you might want to point to that phantom personal foul call on third and whatever it was but they had plenty of opportunities to stop them past that too and you know they they ran the entire pretty much third quarter. pretty much the entire third quarter was was in their possession and then after that it was just over. I mean they just let them they let them do what they wanted the entire game. They weren't able to do anything up front. They let the the corners just play play short and play press and they didn't get the ball to ch- to chase. They just let them run all over them. And then was the play the, action just burnt them all, all day.
1: Was the phantom um, personal foul penalty on the same drive where there was a little bit of a phantom hold on the Titans? I'm just curious because I think sometimes when you watch a game and and, and, and again you're all the in on the makeup call, you you, you kind of forget that hey oh by the way you got you got very fortunate as a Bengals that you didn't go three and out immediately after the first drive because yeah ultimately that, there that was is no correct. hold and you would have punted immediately. Three and out. Three and out is a very big deal. And, and I, listen, we all watch football enough to know. But I, I think sometimes we even over. We, 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 don't, we don't appreciate what a three and out actually is, right? A three and out is, is the ability to be able to one force the other team's defense to have to come right back out there on the field. And like it or not, these guys get tired, man. They get tired, and they're, and they're tired of having to shed blocks, quite frankly. And that's what the Titans were able to do yesterday. So yes. This defense has not looked the same as it's looked in the past, which goes back to the point that I made at the beginning of the show a little bit, which is it's a combination of a lot of things for the Bengals, and they're all not going the Bengals' way. The defense is a little worse, maybe. Maybe. You add in the fact that Joe Burrow looks terrible. You add in the fact that there's no real identity so far. There hasn't been any winning moments. There's no momentum. There's no there's no wave to ride right now for the Bengals, and I know a lot of that is uh, intangible stuff that's hard to really point your finger at and say this is this is it. But this Bengals team on the last the last two years has had waves of momentum that they have ridden into the postseason, into meaningful games, and I'm not saying they've gotten lucky because I think that's a really strong term to use, and that's one that's not fair to this Bengals franchise. But they've been fortunate to win some games. And they've kind of kept writing that and writing that and writing that. And I wonder now as if we sit back, and again, overreaction Monday maybe, whatever it is, maybe we're, we're too close to the fire right now. We can't really see the big picture. But it definitely feels like the breaks that the Bengals have gotten in years past have no longer gone the way of the Cincinnati Bengals. And, oh, by the way, they might not be as good as they once were as well. And now you find yourself one and three. And, again, as a reminder, they are, what, four-and-a-half-point favorites against the Cardinals this week. Oh, wow. I' Say it again. I said, LOL. Well, Elliot is uh, arguably maybe the worst gambler in the history of sports. I have been successful, thankfully, sports gambling. As always, Betfred Sportsbook, shout out to them. If you have a gambling problem, call one iron Gambler. But as soon as I heard that the Cincinnati Bengals were four and a half point favorites against the Cardinals, I think I might just invest a lot of money on the Cincinnati Bengals this week. Because there is always an overreactionary thing that happens in the NFL, right? Oh, the, the Titans—they got smashed by the Browns, 27 to three. And look, Joe Burrow and the Bengals—they're on their way back. They just beat the they just beat the Rams on Monday Night Football. And what? The Titans are only two and a half point dog, or uh, yeah, two and a half point dogs. How is that? Well, you found out, didn't you? I think that the Bengals. Listen, I if I was a Bengals fan, I would be very thankful this week that I find my team four and a half point favorites against a Cardinals team that has looked decent. And on top of that. I would venture to say that many people that are influenced by what they see are going to probably take the Cardinals, and that's a bad way of gambling because more times than not, you're going to lose, just as if all the people that bet on the Bengals this week are going to lose. Same reason that people that probably bet on the Chiefs last night lost. Same reason that probably people that, that, that are going to bet on, my guesses, the Browns, because they just got slaughtered. My guess is that people will be against the Browns. There's teams in the NFL every week that you just overreact to, right? You've seen it this week. Oh, the Dolphins, they're only giving, they're they're getting three points against the Bills? They just scored 70 points. Well, they got throttled. That's how this league is. That's how it's going to be. And you know what? I'll say it right now. The Bengals are going to beat the Cardinals. They're going to beat them. Now, I would like to think that the reason they're going to beat them quite honestly, is because they just have a better roster than them. And maybe Joe Burrow, maybe Joe Burrow will sit and and will will finally be able to watch an offense play the way that it was intended to play. Because right now, I'm not saying Joe Burrow is a bad quarterback. But what I am saying is that he can't be a quarterback right now. He is not good enough to be an NFL quarterback right now. You can say whatever you want. A.J. McCarron, better quarterback than him right now. 100%. Guarantee it and you know what make fun of my face laugh at me You guys wanted to do that for the last three weeks about when I said Jake Browning is a better quarterback Jake Browning I'll say it again straight to your face. Jake Browning is a better quarterback than Joe Burrow is right now You take the Joe Burrow that you had the last three weeks and you put Jake Browning in the game I can promise you with a good game plan Jake Browning is going to be a little more productive than what Joe Burrow has been. That's a fact. That is a fact And let me tell you something. If you want to make fun of that, then go make fun of your head coach because he's worthless. If he can't figure out a way to score three points, uh, uh, more than three points against the Titans with Jake Browning, then he's worthless. He's worthless. Come up with a better game plan. Find a way to utilize Jake Browning's legs. Give him easy slants to Jamar Chase, one of the best receivers in the entire league. Give Jamar Chase a chance to make plays. You don't think Jake Browning can just throw a little screen passes out out, out to Jamar Chase and he can run for six, seven, eight, nine yards? And then you turn around and you hand the ball to Jonah Mixon. He gets three or four yards. You don't have to have these big time back shoulder throws in the NFL all the time in order to beat the Tennessee Titans and the Arizona Cardinals and the Rams for that matter. You don't need all that. Yes. Is it pretty? Is it fun? Is it awesome to see when you see, when you see Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, of course you think to yourself, wow, that'd be nice to have, but you don't need to have that to win games in the NFL. And if you're going to convince me right now that Jake Browning is not a better option than Joe Burrow right this mere second, then I can't take you seriously because you're not watching the games. You let Joe Burrows clout. If you took, let me ask you a question really fast if, and be honest with yourself. If you took number nine off the back of the uniform and you took Burrow off the back of the uniform and you just played nameless and you had no idea who was who and this season started and you got to watch what is Joe Burrow, but really you wouldn't know who it was. What would you be saying right now? What would you be saying? You'd be screaming at the top of your lungs that they need to get that bastard out there because he's terrible. And that's what he is. Now Joe Burrow is an elite level quarterback when he's healthy, when he's right. I'm not suggesting that for a second. So if you want to clip this up and take it out of context, be my guest. But if you're going to convince yourself that Joe Burrow is the best option right now for this football team, you're lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal something that was said earlier in the show from Andrew Dunn. I think he's one of our leader of men's in the in the membership. Thank you so much for that. The entire situation is a huge indictment on Zach Taylor, as well as Jake Browning in the front office coaching who deemed him worthy of a backup role. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much. I agree with that because if you are telling me that Joe Burrow right now is your best chance of winning. And that's what, the, that's what the staff is pretty much telling us, right? They know, they've seen this now for four weeks. They see him in practice. And they are saying that Joe Burrow is our best chance of winning ball games. What does that tell you about Jake Browning? What does that tell you about our backups? I personally believe that the staff, if they thought that they could win with Jake Browning, that they would play him. You believe that with a straight I, face? I, I do genuinely
1: believe. Because
0: of how bad Joe Burrow's played? Yeah, I genuinely do you believe You
1: think that paying a guy $219 million guaranteed, $275 million right before the season start doesn't play into that hand at all? You, you don't think that that, no, that for a single no. second, Casey, that you don't think that somebody... Well, let me ask you this then. We all have watched college football. Why did it take... I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'll go back to my roots of what I know best. Why did Stetson Bennett have to sit behind... D- D- DeMar Mathis or some piece of shit that came from Ohio state was the worst quarterback I have seen him play to Georgia in the last 20 years. Why? Because he was a five star coming out of high school. Why did he have to sit behind JT Daniels who went to five different colleges because he was a five star coming out of high school and he was a piece of shit. Why did, why did Stetson Bennett take so much heat, for three, four years in a row, because he was this walk-on little white guy that was five foot seven that could barely see over the line. But you know what, he made plays. And I kept saying, he makes plays, man. That kid can play football. And you know what, I got laughed at, I got made fun of. Oh, look at Stetson Bennett, he can't win the big game. And you know what, he won back-to-back national championships a team that hasn't won a national championship since 1980 and they've had five star after five star after five star quarterback that went to that program. So I'm not going to buy into this bullshit. That hey, is let- Jake Browning can't play football. You just can't give him a chance because he didn't. He's sitting behind a guy that has carried this city to places they've never been before. Joe Burrow is going to get the benefit of the doubt more times than not. But I'm here to tell you they're all hiding behind the fact that it's Joe Burrow and that's what it is. He just got paid. And they're going to sit there and act like you have to play him because he's Joe Burrow. And I'm here to tell you, Jake Browning is not that and Plus, me, if, if me,
2: Joe Burrow says he wants to play, they're going to play him. Correct. They just paid him $219 million. Let, so let this me, is on Joe, too. I, like, I know. Just let let me finish my
0: thought. Go ahead. Let me finish my thought. They've seen Joe Burrow practice, and they felt comfortable with playing him. If Joe Burrow wanted to play, he's going to play, Right. So the problem therein lies still in the coaching staff in the front office to not let him sit, to, to force him to, to sit and let you take your chances on Jake Browning. At this point, they lose against the Cardinals. Their season's done. I think, I think that officially would make it done for me. I think there's still a little life left. There's a heartbeat. But the fact that they have now ran out there four weeks in a row – with Joe Burrow hobbling around, and they've seen the the basis of this is they didn't see they, they they felt comfortable enough against the Browns. He played bad against the Browns in the rain. Okay, pass. Ravens. He played decent enough to win the ball game. Re-injures it. Okay, pass. They win on the they win against the Rams, but he looked terrible. Pass because they won. Now now you're 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 you got blown out by the Titans, who you should have just dominated all game. On both sides of the football. I think to me, this is more than just a Joe Burrow issue. This is an entire team issue, a coaching staff issue. And they gotta they gotta figure something out. I at this point, for me, their best chances of winning is a healthy Joe Burrow.
1: That's You're not, not healthy. that's
0: not that's uh, let I me mean, finish. Let me finish, okay, let me go finish. Ahead. Go ahead. He's not healthy. You got. You got to take your chances with somebody. You got to get someone. If it's not Jake Browning, it's got to be McCarron. If it's not McCarron, you got to take your chances with Wince. It's got to be someone. This can't be. This can't be what they're seeing in practice and going, yeah, we can win with that. Which makes me even more nervous because if he's practicing well and he's not performing in games, what does that tell you?
1: Well then, I guess we're we're, we're on that, a whole that's another yeah ball of wax, yeah that's a whole another ball. Uh, of wax. I mean, listen, if if we want to start to speculate that Joe Burrow has lost confidence and he's not the same guy that he once was because of the things that have happened and whatever different scenarios, well, I, I don't, I really don't want to get into that yet because I think we still have time to hide behind the fact that Joe Burrow is just not healthy and that's the reason as to why he's not throwing the ball well. If we want to get into the idea that it's more than just the calf, well, that's not a good that's not a good, is it? But I was also the same guy that sat up here that told everybody he'd be an absolute borderline and absolute psychopath and idiot if he decided to play one snap this year without getting paid. And you know what? This is why. Everybody wants to sit here and act like, oh, you know, Joe Burrow, yeah, no big deal. Listen, the guy was literally couldn't get higher of a stock. His stock was as high as one could possibly be. You want to sit here and suggest his stock could get higher because he won a Super Bowl? No. It couldn't have been because everybody in this city believed Joe Burrow could take you to Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl, which is all you really need. You just need the belief system that you can do it. So kudos to him and his team to figure out a way to get paid before he went into the season because I got news for you. If he, if he played like he, he did right now, I'm not so sure that he gets paid what he got paid because the Bengals probably would, would like to see this thing out a little bit. Now, again, it's all, it's all over and done with. And you know what? He deserved to get paid. I'm not suggesting for a second that it, just because he got paid, this is what happens. That's ridiculous. But what I am suggesting is that when you get paid and you are Joe Burrow, the expectations, the way you're treated, and the way that everything's handled is different than anyone else. It happens in life all the time. There is not one single person that is more influential down there at Paycor Stadium than Joe Burrow, and that might include Mike Brown. So if Joe Burrow says he wants to play, he's going to play. If Joe Burrow is close to healthy, then I don't think that the, I don't think that Jake Browning, AJ McCarron, or anyone else is going to get a fair chance. I don't. I don't think for a single second that's going to be the case. But I also think that at some point. Someone down there has to be a leader and step up and say, this isn't going to work. We need to find something else. There's got to be a different solution for the time being. You know what I think's happening? And a little bit of a way to, to, to cross paths and use an analogy that I probably shouldn't use right now because people are going to think that I'm slandering people that I don't mean to slander. But basically right now, right now, Joe Burrow is what Joey Votto was his last year. Gets a lot of credit, gets a lot of credit for what he done in the past. So you have a whole sector of a fan base that wants to tell you how good he used to be. But they don't want to look at how good they are right now in this exact moment. Do you think a guy would get 242 plate appearances, 208 at-bats, playing first base for a playoff team or a team that's fighting like nails and and got themselves all the way down to the end of the season? If he hits 202, with an on base of 314 and slugs 430? Do you think for a second that somebody would get that much? Why did he get that much? Why does Joe Burrow get the benefit of the doubt? Obviously because of things that happened in the past. And you know what doesn't win you football games? You know what doesn't win you baseball games? What you did a year ago. What you did two years ago. What you did five years ago. Doesn't matter at all, does it? You line them up, you lace them up, you play today, and all that matters is what happens that day. Joe Burrow is not a good enough quarterback right now to be starting football games in the NFL. Something has to give. And especially, especially when you add on, that's just that you add on the fact that, oh, by the way, he's a sitting duck back there and he's a huge investment. Now you're borderline crazy and you must ask the question. And some people have asked the question in the chat already. Has anyone going to ask or, or suggest, or at least give me a reason as to why, Joe Burrow was in that game yesterday in the fourth quarter, if, if that Casey and, and, and if that Elliot and all the rest of the fan base, if that doesn't paint a little bit of a picture of how much of an impact and how much influence Joe Burrow has, then what does? Then what does? Because he had no business being in that football game in the fourth quarter. But you know what? Joe Burrow's a competitor. Joe Burrow wants to see the thing all the way through. He doesn't want to show his teammates that he's better than anyone else. That's what his heart believes. But the truth is, is that he is. And somebody needs to step up and say that he is. Yeah, that's
0: why my most of my frustrations are with the staff and the leadership there. I mean, like, this can't this cannot continue. I get he had his opportunities already. Four weeks is enough to see that like this is not gonna work. This is not this is something that cannot continue. If Zach Taylor has the balls to be a Good head coach, he will sit Burrow, but he doesn't because he's too afraid that if he doesn't play Burrow, he's not going to win ball games, and that's going to reflect poorly on him. Well, you're not winning ball games right now, so come on. In hindsight's 2020, Jamar Chase was right. That's one point I wanted to bring up earlier. He was right. And you're, I sat up here and laughed at him. I was like, five weeks in the, in the middle of the season to rest him? No, come on. Don't let him, no, that that's just ridiculous talk. Well, obviously he saw something. He knows something's up. I don't think people gave him enough credit for when he said – we all thought he was just joking, right, during the preseason, saying stuff like, oh, we want him back after the bye week when it really matters. Well, look where we're at now. I mean, you wouldn't be that much better off with
2: Jake Browning. Well, the way I look at it is the quarterback has one job, and that's that's to put points on the scoreboard. Whatever else happens on a football field, your defense, your special teams, your kickers, your punters, you, have, you, you can only control so much. You can control one thing. And that's to put points on the board. And right now the Bengals are averaging 12.3 points per game in their four games, which is dead last in the NFL. 32nd. Yeah.
0: It's abysmal. Until I mean,
2: Joe Burrow can get back to playing Joe Burrow football. Which is escaping the pocket, extending plays, hitting hitting receivers downfield, showing the. I mean, what's the Bengals' longest play they've had in the four games? Is it that play against the Rams where they? Yeah, forty something yards. Yeah, and I mean that was that was that play was schemed up. That was actually a well designed play. Until the Bengals show they can beat you downfield, hit you over top, defenses are going to load the box, and I think that's kind of a. The Titans are a real physical team. That's what they've been. That's what they've been known for over the past few years. The Browns are a real physical team. Those are the kind of teams that are really going to cause the Bengals problems at this point because they're going to load the box and the Bengals aren't going to win up front against those kind of teams. And that's the two teams they scored three points against. That's probably why that spread was sitting at two and a half or whatever it was like Trey said earlier. But until Joe Burrow can show us something, something's got to change.
3: Yeah, and, and I think I'm, I'm going to talk on a couple points here. Uh, I haven't really had the opportunity to speak, but shout out to you guys. You're carrying the load. Um, Zach, number one, uh, well, I'll, I'll touch all the points. Uh, number one, Joe Burrow is going to get paid. He's going to get If he plays bad this year, he's going to get paid. The, the paying thing doesn't matter. He's a, he's, a, he's a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Those guys get paid. End of story. Done. See you later. The Bengals wouldn't have waited. They would have done it whenever they wanted because he's our quarterback of the future. If he had a bad year this year, he still would have been paid. That stuff's nonsense. Uh, Zach Taylor is a culture guy. Zach, everybody knows this. Zach Taylor has brought in a good winning culture to the Bengals. Here's the issue. Zach Taylor also appears to me to be like the substitute teacher that comes in and just wants to like give all the kids candy and, and snacks. And they want to turn on the TVs and we're just going to watch. We're just going to watch Jeopardy all day. We're going to watch Jeopardy all day. I'm going to get paid. You guys are going to have fun. We're all going to have fun. Here's the issue with that. Nobody has respect for you and you're not doing your job. That's, That's what right. it appears to me right now. Zach Taylor is a substitute teacher who's coming in there, and he's just flipping on the TV. His feet, are, his feet is up. He's putting on the headphones. He's listening to his music while the kids do God knows what else in the back of the classroom. Zach Taylor needs to step up. There has to be some leadership here. Joe Burrow playing in the fourth quarter yesterday was an atrocity. At no point did Joe Burrow act or, or show that he was a competitive quarterback in that game. He was gone from the beginning. He had a, he had a decent first drive. After that, it was, it was a complete atrocity. He shouldn't have been in the fourth quarter. If we're going to sit up here and say that Jake Browning, whoever needs to come in, why is he not in in the fourth quarter taking meaningful snaps? My biggest issue with Jake Browning is that he's a five-year NFL vet who hasn't played in the NFL. Yesterday was a perfect opportunity in a game that was already lost to shove him in there in the fourth quarter, make him complete some passes to these guys that are now NFL stars. We 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 have Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. We have some good guys there. Get some reps with him. He loses T. Higgins now. We no longer have T. Higgins in the Bengals. We no longer have any tight ends. I This, is a, this has become a disaster. This has become an, an unmitigated disaster. It, 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 Jake Browning is not a better quarterback than Joe Burrow under any circumstance. Right now, I still think Joe Burrow is better than Jake Browning. But I don't think AJ McC- he's better than A.J. McCarron right now. I think there are names, there are backup quarterbacks. And the, Trace, you laugh. He
1: oh, I am laughing. You he laugh here and hadn't taken a snap in a year and a half and and, and he's played in the XFL or whatever the hell the league it is. And you wanna to suggest to me, you all you all do realize Jake Browning beat out Trevor Simeon, who actually played NFL games uh, this last past year. He actually beat him out. So as much as as much as you guys want to sit here and make fun of Jake Browning, you hadn't watched one single snap, but Joe Burrow's averaging 12 points a game in the NFL, dead last, and all of you guys are so blinded by faith by Joe Burrow that you want to sit there and make fun of the fact that Joe Burrow, under any circumstances, is better than Jake Browning. But continue your point. Thank you. Continue your
3: point. Jake Browning, if we're just comparing Jake Browning to an injured, hobbled Joe Burrow, well, he can do that, then what are we even doing? Jake Browning can score three points, sure. We don't win. He can score three. He can, do, he can do the same job as Joe Burrow, but he's not winning a goddamn football game. So we can say whatever we want about Jake Browning, blah, 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 blah. If, if we want to bench Joe Burrow, I'm on that. I'm now on that. I was against it. Now I'm on it. If we want to put Jake Browning in the game next week, fine by me. I would say the offense still isn't going to look good. The Bengals' defense is still going to allow 15-minute possessions. Yeah. So what Jake Browning fixes nothing. The only thing Jake Browning does is let Joe Burrow heal. We tank the season. The season's over, whatever. Joe Burrow will be back next year where hopefully he can play a preseason game. But nothing's fixed with Jake Browning. You don't fix anything. All it does is is, is save time. Right now, the Bengals' clock is ticking. And we are running out of time quickly, quickly. AJ McCarron needs to learn the offense. He has to. Somebody else does. It's, It's evident that Jake Browning is showing bad things at practice. Because I do agree with Casey a little bit that Jake Browning might be in the game if that were the case. I do think there is is that situation. I also agree with Sean, where Joe Burrow is definitely telling everybody, I'm okay, I'm okay, let me play. And when you're paying him $219 million, you're going to tend to agree with him. But it all starts up front. Casey said it. It all starts with the leadership. It starts with the front office. It starts with the coaching staff. Someone has to step up and do something here. Zach Taylor looks like a bum. I'm sorry he looks like a bum at these press conferences when he's saying, oh, we just got to be better. And it does. I saw someone in the chat say it. It's like Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis would come after each press conference and he'd say, oh, we just got to be better when he would run up his third and 22 draw plays. This is a bad offense right now. This is a bad defense right now. This is a bad special teams unit right now. Everyone's playing bad except for Joe Mixon. Shout out my guy Joe Mixon, who I think is still averaging like four and a half yards a carry. This is, this is a systematic problem now with this team. And, and Trace was talking about, you know, the Bengals got lucky the past two years. This isn't even the same thing. If we want to sit and say you have to get lucky two years in a row to get to back-to-back AFC championships, maybe, whatever. I would say the Giant, it takes a little bit more than luck for the Giants to win Super Bowls. And those teams weren't exactly world beaters either. So it's more than luck. But right now this isn't even the same thing. This is a dead team. We've, we've no-showed in three of the four NFL games we've played this year. Three points in two games. And we want to say the first game was weather. It wasn't weather. It wasn't weather, brother. Joe Burrow can't play. And I do agree it's the front office's issue. There should have been a backup quarterback in here that could, that could, be, that could play meaningful snaps. I think if we had, I don't know, who's a, I, if we had Teddy Bridgewater, if we had Teddy Two Gloves in here, I think Teddy Bridgewater's taking snaps right now. I think Teddy Bridgewater comes in the game at halftime yesterday. When T. Higgins is gone with broken ribs, we don't have a tight end, we have nothing. So I do think there, there's a serious issue with the backup position where if you have to rely on Jake Browning, sure, Jake Browning can absolutely replicate Jake Browning can absolutely replicate what Joe Burrow has done to this point. He absolutely can. That's the part I agree with Trace. Yeah. But here's the thing with that: Jake Browning can't elevate that. He cannot elevate that. So if we're going to sit here and say that Jake Browning can replace Joe Burrow and be a serviceable backup, fine. He can replicate what Joe Burrow has done. You're, you're correct. He can score three points. He can, he can throw for 150 yards, no touchdowns, and, and a turnover. He can do that. But he is not winning games. He is not going to win you a Super Bowl. He's not winning anything. He is biding time. But if you were going to bide the time, you had to do it at the beginning of the year. You had to. I was wrong about it. I said you should have played Burrow. A hobbled Burrow is better than a Browning. Wrong. Wrong. I, I've been wrong. Joe Burrow looks like a bottom three quarterback in the NFL.
0: They gambled and they got burnt. That's simple as that. They gambled and they got burnt. I just want to really quickly, Chad ELE waits. Joe Burrow saves Zach Taylor's job. I don't think he's the coach to win us the Super Bowl. Hashtag where is OJ. Thank you for the five dollar super chat. I have to tend to agree with that, that thought. I think he he was the savior. He is the franchise, right? Like without Joe Burrow, this team is nothing. And that's that's very evident. Very crazy.
3: That's how the NFL works. Well, the yeah, but the San
0: Francisco 49ers don't have a franchise quarterback. And they and why is and that? I'm, I'm, I'm just painting the picture is that without a healthy Joe Burrow, this team just does not function. It doesn't function at all. And it, it's crazy to think that, that he's that important. But he just is. Other teams can manage to build everything around them and still function without a, a franchise quarterback. Now, whether or not that can win a Super Bowl with that, I don't know. And I slandered I slandered uh, uh, Purdy just now, but he, he's, he's not that bad. He, he's, he's more than – he's an average quarterback. But you get my point.
3: I do. No, but I think that's the exception. There's the rule and then there's the exception to the rule. The 49ers have managed to find the exception. I, and I think that's fair. I think there are some offenses, there are some NFL rosters in the league that can take a backup quarterback and make him good. Yeah. I mean, I'd argue, I'd argue that that situation has never uh, accumulated to a Super Bowl. Nobody's ever gotten a Super Bowl from that. So you can sit here and say they can uh, get you. Not, not totally oh, I'm, I'm not even arguing. I'm not even really arguing. The Eagles just
2: won a Super Bowl about four or five years ago with a Nick Foles came in. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, but he didn't about. get them not, there. He did not yeah, get them. Not, there. Nick Foles really... came into
3: the postseason. And, with, he played the whole postseason? Correct. But I'm saying they did not get you there.
0: Yeah, I'm not even really arguing. I think that they could keep Carson the Bengals Carson Wentz was afloat. an MVP like, that
3: entire year, gave him a, a high seed in the playoffs.
0: Like, a, a backup quarterback should be able to keep a team afloat. 500. Maybe below, four, b- below 500. But... I mean, like you could look at Cooper Rush. I mean, he did a serviceable job for four weeks. Like that should be something. Sure, that but we if can you have manage. Cooper
3: Rush going to the postseason, you're not winning games. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, I'm not even arguing really quickly, that. I'm just.
1: When did when, when when was this notion that Jake Browning needed to lead the Bengals to the postseason and win a Super Bowl? When, when was that ever a part of a part of the conversation? Yeah, but the, I, I don't know where, when it's turned into Jake Browning has to be an elite level quarterback, or else, or, or else that's 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 the end of it all. Well. The whole point, the whole entire time, that I've been trying to make and trying to illustrate as well as I possibly could have, and maybe I've done a bad job of doing it, Elliot, is this. If you have Joe Burrow the same way that he's been the last few weeks, then it's all worthless in the end, anyways. You got a terrible quarterback. That's what you got. So why don't you just get rid of the one terrible quarterback and maybe try to get him healthy enough or when he's 100% ready to come back and Reed wants to sit over there and laugh at me and say, There's no three options. There's no three options. You can't possibly survive in the NFL without Joe Burrow. Well, okay, keep running him out there then. See what happens if you think that that's the guy that's going to get you to the promised land by the way that he's played relatively lately. And and I guess I asked the question too, how is it ever going to change? Do you think running him out there every single week is going to make it better? He's going to get healthier. He's going to look better by the time he's healthy. It's over anyways. So what I suggest doing. This is what I've suggested doing is maybe just give someone else a chance. Maybe you get lucky. Maybe you can schematically game plan around the fact that you can try to score. I don't know more than twelve points a game, and you can win a football game or two and survive enough to where you get your guy back and you look like the Bengals of old. That's that is the model that I'm yeah. suggesting.
3: My you- point. My point was a rebuttal because you laugh at the notion that a backup quarterback can come into any game, any team in the NFL, any good team in the NFL, and win football games. My point is that is not that you can't win. You, the, the goal of, of, of playing the NFL is to win a Super Bowl. That, that is not going to happen with yeah. a backup quarterback coming into your team. You need your star players to be healthy. That's, that was my point. Okay. Yeah. So It, if it, it takes a special
0: backup quarterback, too, to, to win a, a football game. Mick Foles, he had significant snaps in the league, and he got above five hundred on an Eagles team. Correct in the past, like we're, some we're, of these- you guys, are,
1: you guys are trying to use the example of Nick Foles and he brought up the fact that Nick Foles won a Super Bowl to rebut your point, but now you're using the fact that Nick Foles is the backup quarterback as to, as, as to what the kind of quarterback you need. What I'm suggesting is, or what I have suggested, and now we all just wanna gloss over it, I guess, because I, I, you could say, again, this isn't about me being right, you're wrong, all that. I, what I am suggesting is that I was the first guy on this, period, point blank. All the big J journalists now around the city, what does the headline say? Should, should the Bengals sit Joe Burrow? I've been saying it for weeks. I've been saying it for weeks. If you have a Super Bowl caliber roster, you should be able to just game plan your way through a few wins. You don't even need to win every game. You just need to ball. win one or two.
2: Yeah. You can play 500 ball. I mean, seven teams make the playoffs now. I mean, you can get into the playoffs potentially with a 9-8 and eight record. I mean... Like and what if you say? You say you go. Says Joe Burrow sits eight weeks. Bengals go four and four. He comes back. They got what nine games left on the schedule. Can with a healthy Joe Burrow? Can the Bengals go six and three and get the ten and seven? I mean,
0: to be to to refute your point, I think we would go zero and four with Jake Browning. I, I really do. But what, what are you going to do but, with Joe but, Burrow but, now? But then? What, what's the difference between zero and four and one and five? Like, you know, what? like there's no there's no like gain there. So
2: yeah, let's just put in Jake Browning. Like. We should have just done that from the start. It's not even about from the start. I'll say this, if you think that the Bengals would go 0 and 4 with Jake Browning, the Bengals don't have a Super Bowl roster. Period. No, they're not going to the Super Bowl. Just chalk it up, season's over. Because yep. it, if you can't win a, if you can't win one football game with the backup quarterback, you don't have a Super Bowl roster. You don't.
3: You don't think the quality of the backup quarterback matters? I it matters. think it does. Cooper, I think, I think who, it really matters. Did you know matters. who Cooper Rush was before last But he's last one year? of the Cooper best. Rush has he's played snaps in the NFL. He before. played one game. He had yeah. one
2: game. And you guys game, got lucky. I'd argue with one the game, great game is better co- than zero. Backup quarterback. quarterback, and now he's
0: one of the best backup quarterbacks.
3: Hell, but you the you Dallas, fan, Dallas not, fans wanted Cooper Rush to start over Dak Prescott. What are you talking about? How are you going to know if Jake Browning's good or
2: not until you put him in the game? Until the lights come on and a guy actually gets snaps in
3: the NFL, how do you know? You don't. Correct. Thank you don't he, know. Yeah, but Sean, here is the issue with that statement: is that no team in the National Football League has given him that chance in five years. Yeah,
1: and they didn't give Kurt five. Warner, they didn't give Kurt Warner a chance either.
3: Like no, you, you have to get exceptions to every rule.
1: Okay, and maybe, and maybe you got maybe have gotten a chance. Brock Purdy was like
2: role.
3: the third string. He he was. He never thought he was gonna be playing. He was the last pick of the NFL draft. Because he was forced to play. There was they didn't choose. Okay. Okay. Browning
1: should be forced to play. That's the point we're making. Is that you've got no other chance, anyways. Give it a shot. Throw a Hail Mary. Do you want to take it? Do you want to take a knee when it's when it's when it's fourth and seventy and you, and you and you got one second left in the game? You just want to take a knee, guys? You don't want to try to throw like 16 different laterals and maybe get lucky? I'm not suggesting this turns into that that Trace loves Jake Browning. I I just don't even know how in the world that you guys can sit here with a straight face and sit here and act like Joe Burrow is the only reason as to why you've had all this success. When you look through the postseason stats, you look to see who ultimately probably helped win games. Joe Burrow is a big part of it. I'm not downplaying Joe Burrow by a single second, but you guys have inflated Joe Burrow a little more than you needed to. You guys are acting like Joe Burrow is the only way in the world this team could be somewhat successful. Maybe just maybe the defense isn't as good as it once was, isn't it? Maybe your defense of old didn't give up 150 plus yards on the ground. Maybe your defense forced turnover after turnover after turnover to give Joe Burrow a chance to win these meaningful games. Oh, by the way, that big time comeback in the second half against the Chiefs that everybody wants to give Joe Burrow a bunch of credit for, who won them the game at the end? Who got the interception to give him a chance to win and go to the postseason? Who was that? Who last year in the AFC championship game got a stop after stop after stop and gave Joe Burrow and that offense three to four chances to go down the field and kick a field goal to win the game and they didn't get it done? Who was that? Stop giving Joe Burrow the benefit of the doubt every single time in the city and I get why you're doing it. Because he has taken you and helped take you to the promised land. But he hasn't won it. Yes, he was a holding call away from winning it all. And by all means, Joe Burrow should get as much credit in the city as possible. But I'm so tired of hearing about the fact of the matter of Joe Burrow as the entire franchise when he just isn't. He just isn't. We don't think Joe
3: Burrow's earned the benefit of the doubt. And, and that's, that's what we're saying. That's
1: the real problem with trying to win football games in the immediate. Is that everybody wants to harken back to what happened last year or the year before. Yes, Joe Burrow earns the benefit of the doubt. Of course he does. But once you watch something for so long, aren't you a little concerned about the future? Aren't you just a little bit concerned that he might just get killed back there? When you watched that game yesterday, was there not just a little bit of you saying, God, we not"? We we need to get this guy out of here, not because we need to win football games, but because we paid him two hundred plus million dollars until two thousand and twenty nine. Does that? I'm I'm asking the two of you, who are Bengals fans, does that not register at all that this guy just got paid two hundred plus million dollars guaranteed, till and he's going to be your quarterback till two thousand twenty nine, and you're sitting here watching this stuff and you think, yeah, let's run him out there against the Cardinals because we got a chance maybe to sneak through, sneak into the postseason and win a wild card game this year. Floor's open. The
3: open. Yeah, well, he's a starting quarterback, and he's proven that he's or he's shown that he wants to play. So if he's going to say he wants to play, you have to play him. The issue with that, and I've said it, I've said that they should be sitting him right now. I've said that. I I think Zach Taylor should step up. There has to be some leadership here. Step in, because like Casey said, if it continues all the way, it's not going to work. But at the end of the day, Joe Burrow is our franchise quarterback. If he says he's good, you have to listen to him. At some point, his his opinion has to matter. A little bit. That's that's where I am. So no, do do I think Joe Burrow should be playing to ne- this week against the Cardinals? No, I do not. But if he's going to tell the coaches, if he's going to tell Mike Brown that he's okay, if he's going to sit at post game press conference and say I'm okay, ankle or calf feels great. I don't know what you want them to do because he's – it, it's a lose-lose situation for them because if you bench him, you're, you're losing trust with Joe Burrow, your franchise quarterback, and if you don't bench him, it's, it's whatever. So it, it, it's a lose-lose situation. The issue right now is that you're literally losing. The team is bad. The team is playing bad. And I think a lot of that has to do with, with, with what we're, what we're uh, scheming up with, with the offense. I think the defense has been a disgrace. So we'll see. I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens this week. If Joe Burrow shows up and he no shows again and he throws twenty for 40, 158 yards, I don't. I, at that point, there is no choice. You have to bench him. Yeah. But yeah. I, at some point, at some point, a decision. Some some leadership has to be shown in the clubhouse, in the locker room. And you say, you know what, Joe, you're done. We're gonna sit you. We're gonna get you healthy, and we'll be back.
0: Yeah. $5 super chat from Drew Garrison. Browning be- beating Simeon in August is like being the best-looking horse at the glue factory. I have to agree with that. And that's partially on the, 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 the front office for not getting someone that's at least proven. That, guys- I think that's the biggest problem is that we don't, know, we don't know Jake Browning enough. I've watched him in the preseason, and I determined just from the preseason that he's not, he's not the greatest backup quarterback in the league. He's below average. Now, they went out and got A.J. McCarron. I think that could be an above-average backup quarterback. And I think they could win games with A.J. McCarron. He was a MVP for the XFL. He can throw the ball around. That's a league where they can just absolutely destroy you. They can just headhunt, whatever. So I I have faith in A.J. McCarron getting the job done. But will the staff have the balls to say, Joe, you are not healthy enough. To win us ball games. We need you in November, December. We're going to sit you for the next three weeks. And hopefully by then, when you go to play for the 49ers, you're healthy enough to play. If they go out there and lose with Joe Burrow this week against the Cardinals, the season's done. The season's done. I mean, this is the the biggest must-win game. And to... And if they win it, they're right back where they were last season. They were two and three going into whatever game that was against the Panthers or the Falcons
2: or whoever it was. So, all right. So Elliot Elliot's point on Jake Browning: played five years in the NFL, he never took a snap. No team's given him a chance. Trevor Simeon was the starter for the Denver Broncos in 2016. Starter played the whole season. What do you think the Denver Broncos record was that year?
3: Probably wasn't good. Well, nine
2: and seven. Good, he's not a good backup quarterback. Nine and seven. Played a whole season as a starter in the NFL. Led a team to a nine and seven record. He comes to Cincinnati. He's competing for a backup job against Jake Browning. A guy that started in the NFL and had a winning season in the NFL. Loses the job to Jake Browning. Why shouldn't Jake Browning get a shot? He beat a guy that started in the NFL. Had a, winning, had a winning record. You don't think he could win a win one game out of four? Not one? No. Trevor Simeon won nine. No, I don't. And that's and part and season. that's part
3: of and that's part of Trace's issue if you say that a backup quarterback can't win you a game with the roster, whatever, blah, blah, blah. If you say that can't happen, it's not a Super Bowl winning team. I agree. And this isn't a Super Bowl winning team. The, every single, every single position on the team looks yeah. horrible. So I would agree with Trace that they can't win a Super Bowl. Uh, the roster looks atrocious, the entire roster. So I would agree. That if, and if Jake Browning wants to come out there, I listen, there is not one thing I want more than Jake Browning to play, just so I can prove this point. But I, I, if, if, if they Be play, careful what you wish for. I, no, I, I, I want it. I would love it. I would love it. It's a win-win. If, if he's shitty, then I get to prove to you that he's right. a joke. And if he wins, then I get to have a Bengals team that wins. So I win-win. Well, you don't win-win
1: because at the end of the day, you might realize that you don't have a Super Bowl roster, and that Jake Browning might go out there and. Well, score we don't have th- a Super Bowl listen, roster. You don't than- have a Super Bowl roster. He right might now. go out there and score more than twelve points, and you still lose because you don't you you give up too many points. So we'll we'll find out ultimately what what ends up happening. But the idea that Jake Browning can't hold the fourth down for a few weeks to let Joe Burrow get healthy to even give you a semi chance to win the Super Bowl. It, 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 that's the other thing too. That's crazy to me right now. I was like. You guys are admitting that you're not, you don't have a Super Bowl caliber roster, but then on the on the other hand, you are you're, you're fighting tooth and nail that you that you want your 219 million dollar, and I'll keep doing it. I'm gonna say it until I'm blue in the face. I might say it this whole entire week because it's the last time I'm hosting the show, and then I won't say it anymore. But you guys want to sit here and say you don't have a Super Bowl caliber roster? But you're, you're, you're dead set on the fact that you want to run your $219 million guaranteed quarterback that's going to be here in 2029
3: out there to get killed every game. I just said I don't want that. Oh,
1: so now we're in agreement that the backup should play. But in reality, you weren't in agreement with that for three straight weeks because of this, this, these rose-colored glasses that everybody puts on and thinks that Joe Burrow was something that he wasn't. He's not healthy. And he's running the asylum down there. Essentially, Joe Burrow, I guess at this point, everybody agrees, I guess, that, that he gets to decide when he plays and when he doesn't. I don't, I don't, I don't know what good organization has decided that. At some point, somebody's got to be the leader up there and say that this isn't right. Yeah, that's what we've our, been our, our quarterback has to come out of the game when it's when it's third, whatever, 27 to Agreed. three in that. the fourth yeah. quarter. We well, all we're all that. on the same page until until we say Jake Browning, who is the backup quarterback, should play. Then all of a sudden, there's this huge debate as to why
3: as why he can't play. Because and, there's, the, and, and there's this debate. There wouldn't be a debate if we had a good backup quarterback. And There would be no debate whatsoever if there was any other backup quarterback except for Jake Brown.
1: That's the fundamental problem that me and Sean have, is that you guys want to latch on to this idea that you watched him in preseason, and you want to sit here and tell me that he has no chance to win a game in the NFL. And, and, and you know what? I would say that's absolutely blasphemy. It's a ridiculous statement to make. You've never watched this guy play in the NFL Ever. Are we suggesting for a second that me and me, me and spur over here. Think that, that Jake Browning's going to be the next Tom Brady. No, but you can't honestly sit here and suggest that he couldn't be better than what you have now. And oh, by the way, what do you get as a reward for playing him? You give Joe burrow a chance, maybe just maybe to get back to his old self. That's the real reward. The reward isn't that you get to play Jake Browning and he gives you a chance to win. And and by all means, maybe you get lucky and you have your cake and you eat it too. Maybe you get Joe Burrow healthy and maybe Jake Browning finds a way to win a couple games. There is no way that you can suggest to me that Jake Browning is not the answer to the problem right now. Maybe it's A.J. McCarron. I don't care who it is. It's just not Joe Burrow behind center. It can't be. All right. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that we want to discuss. Obviously this topic is, is, is is people want to, people want to be like, Oh, the same topic, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's the biggest thing that's happening in Cincinnati sports, honestly, in a long, long time. And you know what? I could sit here and do three hours on this because ultimately I think that there's another whole side of this that we won't even get into yet because I don't want to really, I don't really want to stir the pot big time, but I would be really concerned really concerned if I was a Bengals fan and I know people are going to make fun of me and this isn't this isn't me trying to to poke the bear I'm not trying to be a troll I'm not trying to even stir the pot but I would be I would be genuinely somewhat concerned at the back of my mind that I didn't have a Carson Wentz situation I
0: would be you're not going to get a reaction out of us I'm tired of the conversation already let's move on to the the rest of this weekend
2: let's talk about Pat Mahomes I mean, good. Let's let's
0: talk about winning sports in Cincinnati. FC and the Supporter Shield. Yeah! Number one in MLS, baby! Let's go! Trophy!
1: Did they beat somebody this weekend?
0: They did. They did. Uh, They beat Toronto. Nice. The bottom of the table. (laughs) Love
1: that. Toronto. I mean, listen. FC obviously has a a very... uh, niche fan base without question it is a little it is a little bit of a shame that uh, the best team in MLS happens to reside in Cincinnati and they're just going to be overshadowed by the fact that the Bengals are just not playing well there's a little bit of shame in that I mean listen if the Bengals were playing really really well and FC Cincinnati was having the season they're having obviously currently and they were to be able to go make a run in the postseason, I actually think that there would be a lot of uh, there would be a lot of bandwagon fans that would jump on that train. But the fact that the, the morale and, and everything's so low around here, I just don't know if they're going to get that same reaction. Do you feel that way, or do you think that it doesn't matter? That there'll be people that still jump on the bandwagon once they get into the postseason here? Casey? Well,
0: they already they already fill out the stadium like they they pack out. They have a sold out crowd every time they play at home right now. Xavier fills out and,
3: Cintas every week, but it doesn't mean that there's like a lot of Xavier fans though. I
0: I get I get your point I get your point they're all but the game. They're but all they're, the game. there'll be Every there'll be a one bunch one. of bandwagon fans I, I I know that I I admit to that I mean Cincinnati is just not a soccer town yet it, it will eventually be if this continues but they have a lot of chances to play at home in the playoffs they get two maybe if they if they lose one in the, in the the game of three the best of three series. Then they have a chance to play in the semifinals, finals, and then the MLS Cup. So they've got four or five opportunities possibly to play in the playoffs at home. That's fun. I'm happy. I'm excited for for people to get engaged with this team, to learn this team, watch them make a push for the MLS Cup because this team is very talented I mean, they've got an MVP on their team, Acosta. They've got another potential MVP if he played better this season, but he he's had a really, really great career. And Vasquez, um, I mean, they, they've they got a lot of positives on this team that I think many people should just watch, just enjoy, enjoy some winning sports in Cincinnati. And I won't go any much further into it because I know we're not uh, – we don't have a lot of people in here that are super excited about soccer. And I would love to talk about Patrick Mahomes last night. Um, but, yeah, I think I encourage people to just check it out. Don't, you don't have to buy the package. Just go to, go to the pitch, the, the bar right by the stadium, or get a ticket. They're not super expensive. And just enjoy it. Just enjoy some winning sports in Cincinnati because
2: we haven't had a lot of that as of late. One thing I took to – when uh, Trace brought up earlier about the, the the personal foul call in the Bengals game, he asked about the hold. Was the holding call on the same drive? Well, it is. That sure didn't happen for the Jets last night. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, they get an interception to get a chance to go down and take the lead, or take the lead and come back and win the game, and they call a hold on uh, Sauce Gardner. And the, the holding call, by the way, the ref didn't throw the flag until the ball got picked off. I don't know if anybody noticed yeah, that. Yeah, I've seen that. But a, and a holding call happens before the ball is even thrown. Because it, it would be pass interference if it wasn't. But And then, third and 22, I mean, I, can we play that clip? I, I, I want to play that hold. I mean, it's unbelievable. If, if you didn't oh, well, get a chance to see it out. last night, I don't know if I've ever seen a guy get held this bad on a play and a flag not get called. I mean, he's literally trying to – He's trying to hit the offensive player in the helmet, trying to get him off of him because he's literally holding on to his jersey.
1: Yeah, I, it, it was an egregious uh, hold, and I don't know how in the world they missed it. And, and and listen, I'm not the conspiracy theory guy that sits there and thinks that the NFL's got agendas and scripted and all those things. And there's no doubt that uh, there's no doubt that there are certain players that get the benefit of the doubt because of who they are, and that's just the that's just the psychological brain of of, of humans, right? Like. You're going to be a little more apt to protect a late hit on a franchise-type player in the NFL than you would uh, whoever. That's not. But if you didn't get a chance to see this, uh, Johnson, number 11, at the bottom of your screen here. Uh, Casey's going to roll the clip here. I mean, and I, if, I just <laughs> – He's, trying, he's fight, trying to fight him off of him. He's I don't know. I just don't know how him. you missed he's that.
2: He's got his arm wrapped up. He grabs his helmet. He's trying to pull him off of him, and it doesn't get
3: called.
0: I mean that's just brutal.
3: I it, well, and here's the thing about the NFL. It's and again, it, this is what people forget because we love sports so much. Is that the NFL is entertainment first, just like the NBA, just like every other sports league. It's about the product you're seeing on the on the screen. If if if, if referees wanted to call that uh, wanted to call a hold by by the textbook definition, I think everybody said it. You would find a hold on every single play in the NFL. I agree on, on with. Every, I agree On with every that. single play. Now to your point, it does seem like Roger has his favorites and it's when they start making Taylor Swift commercials and the whole thing's a joke, last night it was very evident that the referees were on the side of the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, holds
2: sometimes are hard to see on plays, too, because you're all jumbled in there.
3: There's yeah. holding going on. Everybody's spread out right there. We can no, see, yeah, we can I, see yeah,
2: clearly we can clearly what's see what's going on and, on. The,
3: and the phantom call on Sauce Gardner, terrible. So it, there was a lot of plays, especially meaningful moments last night, that sucked. Uh, Officiating. I'm not going to – Trace is right. I'm I'm not going to go in here and say it's scripted, it's rigged, blah, 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 blah. It's still sports. But at the end of the day, it does seem like Roger has his favorites, and he showed it last night.
2: And then at the end of the game, Pat Mahomes still getting his flowers from uh, Collinsworth saying, oh, that's why he's the MVP, two-time Super Bowl champion. It's like the guy threw two terrible interceptions. Like I said, I, I said this before the show, there's interceptions in the NFL where a ball gets deflected tough play for the quarterback gets picked off or maybe he you know him and his receiver have miscommunication on a play guy runs a different route it's on one of one or the other but those were terrible interceptions he literally throws the ball up into like triple coverage gets picked off throws another one he gets the holding call on after the after the ball got picked off the ref the flag I'll bring that up again the, yeah. but
0: you know the one thing that I think we're all missing here that I think is the most important part was Zach Wilson played a a oh, really awesome good game. game. Yeah, he played great. and you can there's a, a clip here. I'll I'll pull it up here. I mean you can see how devastated he is. He's he said, I lost the game, it's my fault, bro. And the Jets, you know, all the past couple weeks, Jets players have been getting on the coaching staff, getting on Wilson. And it was crazy to see that the Jets players were trying to console Zach Wilson in this game. That it's not, you know, don't take it to heart, you know, don't 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 get down on yourself. I think, are we gonna start seeing? i It's this crazy. No, I know cra- where you're going. Cra- can we possibly see a turnaround for the Jets?
1: I think confidence is a crazy thing in sports. It's it it it, it, it just is. It is. Okay. I I and again, not. I really. We're not gonna get back into the, the whole conversation we had obviously to start the show and all that, and we spent an hour and a half talking about it and all that. But listen, the I, I, I I'm fully convinced that the margin between below average players and average players in all of professional sports is razor thin it is razor thin and i think the only difference between a little below average players and average players is strictly confidence it's the belief system that you can be whatever it is that you want to be and i think you see it all throughout sports if you watch the ryder cup this weekend do you think for a single second that the europeans actually have better players in the united states or is it just that they had confidence things were going well for them and they just capitalized on it and kept kept playing. Of course, Jordan Spieth. Is he this bad at golf? Is Ricky Fowler that bad at golf? No, it's just confidence. It's the belief that when you step up, you believe that something's going to happen. That's where Zach Wilson I think finds himself in. I think Zach Wilson showed last night Casey that he can make some of these throws yeah he's he's got the arm talent to do what it takes to be successful in the nfl the question is 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 it is it is it all right up upstairs and i don't know if that answer has been fully cemented yet but i do think that there's a little bit of a turning point to be interesting to see what happens but i think that they got a fighting chance now i really yeah. do i i think zach wilson has a fighting chance because he has confidence in himself a little bit now and his teammates more importantly almost I actually think his teammates believe in him a little bit. That's what yeah, I took away from
0: him. The, yeah, the, the culture, that, that's kind of what I was getting at is last week Garrett Wilson and their running back, I can't remember what his name is off the top of my head right Bruce, now. Brees Hall. Brees Hall. They were getting on the staff. They were getting all over Wilson. I mean, he was he he was being shunned. He was, he was getting yelled at by his teammates. And then you just see towards the end of that game, I'm just going to play it real quick, the difference, one week. This is one week. Something has happened, some sort of shift in the in the, in this locker room has happened to where they have faith in him. And I don't know if it was just based off of this, this play tonight, or last night, I should say, not tonight, that sparked that, but sometimes that's just what you need to get the ball rolling. And, you know, he's had a really rough career. This is a, a one-off from what we've seen in the past from him, but –
2: He's still we, young. Yeah, I mean, he's still young. Point. Like I mean, he's still young. It's Aaron Rodgers being there could help too. I mean, uh, I mean, he's got he's got a, he's got some leadership there now. I'm sure. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers and Zach probably talk a lot during the week. I seen Aaron was at the game last night up in the press box. I'm, that, that could be helping. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, LA, it's, it be- anyway?
3: it's better than uh, what's going on in Atlanta when Desmond Ritter's going Aww. up to dap guys, giving don't high do fives. And, don't and, do and, that. And, and do you have the video? I know Casey has the video because I sent it to him. Why do you, you find me that video, please? Uh, so, Desmond Ritter, if you don't know, uh, and again, I'm a UC guy. I love UC. Desmond, I thank you very much for what you've done for the program. I thank you very much for what you've done for Cincinnati. But I saw this play, and I li- or not this play, but I saw him walk over to Mac Collins and try to give him a high five after one of the most preposterous – worst worst drives I've ever seen and this is and this is the reaction from his teammate Matt Collins on the bench there he goes high five nope get out of my face (laughs) so yeah I think that does matter when the team's coming together a little bit and you look at that I mean (laughs) that's preposterous he was gonna fight him I mean he was just gonna fight him right there oh man so it does matter when the team when the team gets behind you when Aaron Rodgers is up in the booth he's cheering you on he's trying to Give you some and, – and there was – I think it was – who was it? H- Hudson last night on the post-game show was trying to get Chris Jones to say, like, Zach is a piece of trash and all that. Yeah. I I, I, forg- I, I don't have the clip in front of me, but it's, it, that was terrible too. I mean, I do come up here and say, like, everybody's a bum, but I, I think this show is more comedic than a professional uh, sports talk show. So if you're going to go and talk to a Chiefs player and, like, yeah, Zach Wilson was trash. He's a garbage player. Probably not the best idea guy. But what do I know? The, the the Jets the Jets look competitive. I think that is a team that, that proves Trace's point where if you have the roster and you have a serviceable guy playing quarterback, they could maybe sneak in. They can maybe cause some damage. So I think that that that's one for that's a point for Trace. Point the, for Trace.
1: The Jets the Jets last year entered the final game of the season with a chance to make the postseason yeah. with Zach Wilson as their quarterback all year. And Zach Wilson was abysmal. Dare I say Zach Wilson was so damn bad that I don't think it could get a whole lot worse. I'll say this: we we might think the Jets are back and they played a little
2: better last night, and but Vegas doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I just looked, and who do you think the Jets got this week? Who do they have?
1: They got the Denver Broncos. So what do you
2: think
3: the spread oh, is? Oh no! On the road or at home? They're on the road.
1: All right, so it's in 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 Denver. It's
3: in Denver. One and a half Jets.
1: No way. Guess that's four right. and a half. It's got to be four it's, and a half. Yeah, it's going to be like four or five.
2: One Denver is two and a half point favorites. What?
3: The... That's wild. I mean, that's just wild. I'll My be God. betting on the Jets or the under. I'll probably bet on the under. That's Any other true. game this weekend? I was I, this 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 weekend. The, I was I the was Toy kinda, Story stuff. That was that was entertaining, right? I was. Yeah. Yeah. What it was if, what really did, cool. I, did you get a chance? I don't know. Maybe you got a
1: chance to see it. But um, listen, I, I just had seen a promo for it. I got lucky that I remembered. Uh, it was on ESPN+. So obviously, if you didn't have ESPN+, kind of tough to see. I'm sure Casey's going to pull up or try to find a, a, a clip. But in all seriousness, uh, I have a 7-year-old son who, who, who likes to go play football outside. But as far as sitting down and watching football on TV, could care less. Right? could care less. Not old enough yet to really sit down and watch a football game. And I'll be honest, that was the longest I've ever seen my seven-year-old son watch any kind of game. And it was largely, for, the, for lack of a better term, it was a video game that was played in Andy's room for Toy Story. They had a lot of what I would call uh, cute things, right? Like uh, there was the claw that would put the football down. Uh, to spot the ball every play, they had Slinky as the as the yardage marker. So it was if it was first and ten, Slinky would be standing on the sidelines. If it was first and fifteen, he'd be fifteen yards. That type of thing. Um, and they had little fun trivia questions in between, uh, in between quarters or whatever it may be or timeouts. And I just thought the whole thing was actually pretty neat. Now they have some they have some work to do, fellas, on the overall play. Uh, there was a couple times where it looked like the ball went through the earth and there was a completed pass. There's a couple times where the player looked like they were just, you know, down on the ground, but they weren't. It, so they got some, they got some things to iron out, but if you didn't see it, take a look of what, uh, what they did on ESPN plus yesterday for the Jags and Falcons game. Was yeah,
3: there a, so, is there audio on that Casey? Cause if not, I, I want to go over some of the audio that, that I'm not going to play the audio, but I'm going to tell you what the audio was. I'll, would, I'll
0: play the audio. No, you
3: don't have to. I, I, I would rather you not even play it. Because okay. it's, I, because Boog, and I forgot who was the play-by-play. Uh, I don't know who he was. But they would go like serious analytical football, and then out of nowhere it'd be like, <laughs> here's the claw, here's yeah. Zorg coming in. Yeah. They would just be like, what do we do? <laughs> I mean, it was silly. It was silly. It was certainly silly. So,
0: Yeah, it, it was definitely a little silly. Very, I agree with that point. I pulled up a uh, clip that, you know, just adding salt to the, to the wound here for me. Uh, the pick six, which I thought was the best-looking one that they had uh, all, all day, uh, animation-wise. Desmond Ritter steps back, throws the pass. Oh, no! Picked off by Darius Williams. And Oh, and he's fire! Fire behind him. Look at that. He's running so fast. Touchdown. I mean, they even got, like, the hand motions right. Like Yeah. Like, that, oh, that was really, really cool that they were able to just – I mean, you could tell – the motions of the players like they're they're all looking down I don't know if y'all can see that but it's kind of cool just how much technology went into that now we got a woody jigging
1: yeah they had different angles they they had angles during the game that you just possibly couldn't you can't get obviously with real football because they would go inside the helmet and do some things like that from time to time I mean that's it is kind of remarkable how much technology probably went into that, right? Like we're, we're all naive to a certain extent of how much work that takes. And I would be willing to, that, 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 that I guess I'll finally say this yes or no, that can't be the last time they do that with how much work went into that. Right? No, no, nope. can't be. Okay.
3: Yeah. No, they do the Nickelodeon game too. So they do all that. They're, they're starting to market for market the uh, game for kids. So that'll continue. I, would, I will certainly never watch it, respectfully. But I, I'm sure there are people, there are children out there who will. And for them, I, I mean, imagine your season's on the line and you have to watch that broadcast. I mean, that would be tough. I mean, that would just be tough. 15-yard penalty, slinky dog, backing up, backing that slinky <laughs> up. That's tough. It's a tough way to go. <laughs> but it was certainly a game. I love, these, I love these London games, too, because they're all terrible, every single one of them, because they all involve the Jaguars, who I think are a disgrace. But I it's it's the, <laughs> I do like waking up in the morning and be like yeah we have football to watch eat some breakfast not really pay attention to it but it's there it's fun it was a good appetite it was a good breakfast good breakfast
1: uh, ty ty brings up a good point that I also felt like I uh, that I wanted to bring up is that I thought the broadcasters did a good job I really did I mean they did a good job of trying to go back and forth between certainly talking to specifically kids they did a good job of explaining football honestly. As crazy as this sounds, I think that that's a way in which you could not only get kids interested and start to understand it, but I think like mothers. I really do think that. I I think that uh, uh, it would be much more apt for a woman who's never really got into football, seen it on TV a bunch, to sit down, enjoy the fact that it's got some animations and some cuteness to it. And also, by the way, they did explain all of the penalties. They explained, you know, what the rules were in a very, you know, I guess, elementary way. I thought it was an A-plus production. I really did. And I think that they should do more of that, honestly, if they – and they, and I think they will. I, I, It'd be hard for me to believe that they're going to put that much time, effort, and money into one game. I would think that that – I don't want to say that becomes a norm, but if they get the technology to be able to just do that um, – I don't want to say they'll do every game, but I certainly don't think that the broadcasters with the, is the last question I have for all of you. Do you think that the broadcasters are the only real thing that you would have to try to find? Because otherwise Mm it, is it just technology from that point to emulate or mirror the game? It's not like they have camera people that have to go and do these special things. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, They might have like 250 people working behind the scenes to make all that work. Who knows? I don't know. (laughs) Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I do All want right. to
2: give a shout out to uh, Mike Krause. We, I don't think we gave him a shout out or, or he was a he joined Nutcutter Nation. So. And he did.
1: Yeah, yes, thank you, did. Mike. And, and, and Mike, uh, pretty based in his comments most of the time. I'll be honest with you. And I say most of the time because I haven't seen every single comment, to be fair. But every time I read his comments, I think Mike has some good things to say. He's a smart guy. Yeah. Smart guy. Yeah. Smart guy is Mike. Um, Chad, he, he just wanted to remind everyone. He said, hey, 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 everyone have uh, have a Coke. And smile. Everybody love everybody. Sports are funny, you know. I mean, I think that that's funny because we all can get very passionate about them. But at the end of it all, it is just sports. Um, Tim, Tim Wakefield just passed, uh, for those well, that didn't see. Did um, he had a, a uh, cancer bout that he wasn't able to overcome. And unfortunately, Tim Wakefield left way too early. And... Obviously you have the whole situation and I really don't want to get into it about, you know, the way that the public found out about it, which was a little unfortunate, but just, I would be ventured to, to bet for our generation, Tim Wakefield was, uh, was one of a kind. I, I think that it would be hard pressed to go out and find that many, uh, that many kids that played baseball that didn't try to act like they were Tim Wakefield at least once in their life by going out there and throwing a knuckleball. So, um, uh, prayers to his family obviously but Tim Wakefield one, one hell of a one hell of a pitcher um, and, and played in the league for a very long time and certainly um somebody that uh, was taken far too young and that's just a good reminder that sports are just that they're sports and yes we can sit here and scream and yell and debate on how good Jake Browning is versus versus the next guy or AJ McCarron what should Joe Burrow do this that and the other um but it is a reminder that uh that life's short try to enjoy yourself the bengals uh they're struggling right now there's no doubt about it but if i was a fan i'd be super excited i'd be super excited elliot that you're four and a half point favorites on the road against the Cardinals. is that a is that a
3: bit that you just i'm super excited that we're four and a half point favorites over the cardinals no i mean you should be you're not no no i think the season's over so no i don't i don't give a damn if they're favored against the shitty cardinals no, they should be favored. It's Joshua. Hey. It's Joshua Dobbs. The Cardinals you, beat the Cowboys. I mean, come on. Good for them. I, that's uh, that doesn't them. make me
0: feel much better.
3: That's great. I mean, that was that serious? I can't. We just. I can't believe we just did that. Bengals fans should be excited that you're four and a half point favorites on the road against one of the worst teams in the NFL. Well, that, <laughs> hot should. damn! Everything's solved. We're back, baby. Jake Browning's coming in. We lost our number two wide receiver. We haven't even mentioned that. T. Higgins done. See ya, buddy. I mean, this is terrible. Four and a half point favorites on the road against the worst team in the league. I don't care. I could care less. Try to win the game. Cover spreads. We'll worry about covering spreads later. My God, we're one and three. Going to be one and four after you lose this one. And then after that, the season doesn't matter.
1: So So does that mean that you've foregone or or, or forfeited the opportunity to come in here excited as hell when the the Bengals win uh, 28-6 to to, to next week?
3: Yes. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Forfeit the opportunity to get get excited. If they
0: go two and three, I'm just curious. They do go they've two scored and scored three. three points
3: in two games out of four this year. If they go two three. and
0: three, are you they don't have a quarterback? Are you they've still scored. saying the season's over? Because they were two and three last year.
3: They've scored three touchdowns. I know, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. They've scored three they've the, the bank the Cincinnati Bengals have scored three offensive touchdowns in four weeks. Mm-hmm. Do you know how pathetic that is? Do you know how hard it is to go to go to sleep, watch the four o'clock slate when your team doesn't even score touchdowns? Like at least the bears the bears are shitty, but at least the bears get to like watch Justin Fields run around the field and have some fun. Like they're just so bad. Like at least they score points. The Bengals don't even score points. I this is the worst <laughs> I've ever felt watching the Cincinnati Bengals ever. This is this is like this is like bottom of the barrel bar- Marvin years. I didn't want to Mar- I didn't want to bring Ma- that up. Or... Marvin Marvin. I mean Marvin hated the offense. Marvin was a defensive minded guy first, and that's fine. Our defenses were elite. But it was like, Mar- you always know what you get with Marvin. On third and down and anything longer than 10, you're running the ball. Uh, on second down, you're always throwing it medium. And it's like on first down, it'll always be, a little, be a short guy. So I knew what Marvin was going to play. And that method worked for a little bit. But this is terrible. I mean, this is truly terrible. I haven't felt worse about a Cincinnati team in a long time. And this is the thing about expectations. What, the, the best part about this Reds team was that they were supposed to be the worst team in the league. That was the best part about this Reds team because every single win, you proved everybody wrong. It it made it so much more fun. The Bengals having high expectations ruins this season because I expected them, and I genuinely said I thought they were going to win a Super Bowl this year. I thought they had all the pieces. I thought we paid our quarterback. I thought the vibes were high. We paid Orlando Brown Jr. We did everything uh, assuming we needed to do. We fixed the offensive line. Irv Smith, I know everybody wanted a tight end, and that's fair. We didn't get our tight end. But right now, this is bad, man. I mean, this is bad. You win one, you win one game this year. I don't think that'll be what happens. I think the Bengals will probably win eight games. But this is a disaster. So no, if you're asking me if I'm really excited about being four and a half point favorites over the Arizona Cardinals when you're one and three, nah. That's. I mean, I no, nah, I'm, I'm not excited about that. Is it wild to is, think
1: that you just said that you think the Bengals are going to win eight games this year? And I would, I I, I, I would say that if they, if they're able to win, if they're able to win nine, that they have a puncher's chance to get in the postseason? Eight would be the
3: ceiling oh, okay.
4: at this point.
1: Gotcha. Hmm. I mean, mark it down. Randy said it best in the chat. October 2nd, they 2023. They've given up
3: 175-plus yards on the, on the ground, four, three out of the four games. They've scored three offensive touchdowns in four weeks. This isn't a team that you get to say is a Super Bowl contender when they've looked this bad. You've, you lose that right. You lose that right. At some point, games matter, and this isn't a small sample size. You're four weeks in. You are four weeks into the NFL season, and your team doesn't look like you play in the same league. I watched the Chiefs' offense last night. It's not even the same sport. I mean, it's really not. What I've seen from the Bengals this week and what the Chiefs are able to do, I know a lot of it's on the, on the refs or whatever you want to say, but it's just they, they, their ability to move the ball at will whenever they want. is just crazy to me. And I watched the Bengals, and I haven't been able to see that. And Reed said that the AFC North was going to get, like, three or four playoff teams, LOL. AFC North is the worst division in the sport. AFC North's a joke. (laughs) The Colts are better than us. The the, the Indianapolis Colts are better than the Bengals right now. Absolutely they are. Jaguars better. Can't say the Titans aren't better. So the Texans are certainly better. The the AFC South, which was going to be the world's biggest joke, is, is significantly better than the AFC North. The Browns don't have their starting running back. They don't have their starting quarterback. They've got a good defense. But at some point, you have to score. Trent Dilfer, you can't, out, you can't not win games in the NFL and still win, whatever he said. You have to, you have to score points. The Steelers are bad. Kenny Pickett's a bad quarterback. and is, I don't know who their backup quarterback was yesterday. Trubisky still. Was that Trubisky? Yeah. Yikes. That's another point for Trace. I don't think Trubisky's better than Browning either. That's another <laughs> point for Trace. Good work, Trace. Ravens are banged up. I think the Ravens are pretty good, but I, I don't think the Ravens are Super Bowl contender. I look at the Buffalo Bills yesterday, walloping on the, on the best team, what I thought, in the NFL, in the Miami Dolphins. Bills look like Super Bowl contenders. Chiefs look Bills like Super Bowl contenders. Bills are good. Cowboys look like Super Bowl contenders. Cowboys are good. Eagles look like Super Bowl contenders. 49ers, are Super Bowl contenders. I, every, there's, I would say there's like three teams that have just looked like they don't even belong in the same sport, and it's the Bengals, it's the Bears, and it's the Broncos. Thanks. And the Panthers. Shout out to the Panthers. They're bad. They're really bad. If I was a Panthers fan, I wouldn't feel good about myself. But that's how I feel. Anybody else excited about the four-and-a-half-point spread? Casey? <laughs> Big four-and-a-half-point spread. Bengals. No, I can't say I'm super, super excited. I'm
0: not going to talk Bengals. I, I'm, I'm tired of talking Bengals. They make me depressed. So I'm going to – I just want to shift the conversation the last three minutes. To C.J. Stroud, I think he's the biggest surprise for me this weekend. I mean, he just – 300-yard game, two touchdowns with a team that just looks, you know, like they got nobody except C.J. Stroud. That's pretty good. That's pretty impressive. I mean, they – I guess the Steelers just stink. They can't score at all. But
2: 30 points on the Steelers' defense is pretty darn good. I will say this about the Texans. I mean, D'Amico Ryan's first-year head coach, the defense really didn't look great. The first week or two, and now they're the last couple of weeks. They've looked good, and I mean, he was he was the captain of that 49ers defense for a long time. So,
0: to add Maybe. to add salt to the injury, Elliot, we got to play the AFC South this year. So, yeah, that's I, fine.
3: I mean, you can't look at this season right now and say you have anything but misery. You felt anything but misery. I, if I'm the Bengals, we bench Burrow. Whatever you get, Browning, uh, and we'll see what we can do from there. But right now, the Bengals are dead. Everybody's dead. I'm just trying to survive. I texted my, I texted, I, I, I forget who I texted yesterday. It was my, it was my grandma texted me during the Bengals game. And she said, uh, Bengals are dead. And I said, yeah, it, but just like the red, the Reds got us to NFL football. Can the Bengals get us to Halloween? Maybe that's a, maybe that's what we can strive for. Can the Bengals get us to Halloween this year? That'll be fun. Because <laughs> once Halloween happens, really the year gets good. 'Cause Halloween comes, it's spooky season, then you know Thanksgiving's just a month away, Christmas is two months away. So the vibes are all good from our, from Halloween to Christmas. So can the Bengals get us to Halloween this year? That's the new bar. That's what we're that's that's our goal.
1: Fair enough. Uh, I actually am on the CJ the CJ Stroud train. I, I, I really I mean it, clearly you should be if you've watched him play even of late. And the fact of the matter is is I think the guy has uh, I, I guess when you don't get a chance to see someone play a bunch when they're obviously in college, you see bits and pieces of it and then on top of that, you don't really get a chance to see the makeup. The kid actually went through some adversity at, at Ohio State, certainly. Been, he was called soft. he was called not not a big game quarterback. He got called all those types of things because he got beat twice by Michigan, right? And he lost uh, he lost against uh, Georgia, but again, to be fair to him, that, that game against Georgia, he played about as well as the quarterback could possibly play in it. And uh, and for all intents and purposes, he's got the Texans uh, believing, believing that they're going to go and win football games. Um, So kudos to him. If you didn't get a chance, the cherry on top uh, presented by United Dairy Farmers is going to be his interview uh, that he did yesterday. And he's talking about something unique. He's talking about the fan perspective of what it's like when your team is playing well or they're not playing well.
4: That ain't flying from, like, anybody in this building. I want them to know, like, we're firing our tails off every day to make sure y'all walk around with Texan gear pride. Like, y'all, y'all walk around with that swag that we walk around with when we get a dub. Um, and for me, that's, I take that real personal because uh, I don't like being bagged on by my teams. Like, when my Lakers lose, I'll be pissed. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like, i I, tell you, I take that stuff real serious, man, and it's up to us to... To work every day and put the work in, and um, like you've seen, I mean, them, the Steelers fan came, came, and they showed out today in our stadium, and we sent them home. Um, and I think our our fans felt the energy, like man, we ain't, we ain't playing today, like from the get go. So um, I just want to say, man, like we're gonna keep, like we're gonna keep fighting every day, just so y'all can walk around with that swag. Um, I think that's huge, man, for this team. That's something that we want to keep building on. And um, it's a blessing to be able to be in Houston, like a great town uh, with a lot of stuff to do, great people, uh, hot, Southern hospitality to its finest. Um, and I'm falling in love with the city little by little. So um, it's a blessing.
1: Thought that was refreshing to hear. Guy talking about not only uh, not only the way that he feels like that they want to play for their fans, but just the fact that the players are fans, too, of other franchises and – He doesn't like when he gets bagged on when his team doesn't win, so he wants to make sure that he wins so the Texans fans can walk around with some pride. I thought that was pretty neat. I thought that was pretty cool. Well, we do a show every single day, Monday through Friday, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Vibes are relatively low around here, but I got to be honest. If you didn't look at the lines going into next week, and you didn't find a little bit of solace, a little bit of pride, a little bit of happiness in the fact that your what teams, is this? What? I don't teams, even understand. I don't teams, even understand this bit. That your team's actually favored in the NFL? This I is would the be, dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'd be, I'd the team looks abysmal.
3: I, don't, I What are we talking about? Be, Four and a half point spreads. I'd be pretty
1: happy about that. They
3: can't win games. They can't score points. I don't give a damn if they're favored by thirty because they're not covering any spread. What are we saying? We're fa- everybody takes solace that the Bengals are favored in the game against the worst team in the league? I, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? I mean, what are we doing? Where's my guy Reed when I need him? Because what are we doing? And poor Reed, by the way, I can't imagine the misery that he sat through in Nashville yesterday. He was at oh, that game. Man. He paid double the price he could have for that ticket. <laughs> And, and he sat there and he watched perhaps the biggest embarrassment I've ever seen of the Cincinnati Bengals. But, hey, let's all get some ice cream because the Bengals are four-and-a-half-point favorites over the worst team in football. Everybody smile. Everybody smile.
1: I guess that's just the way that you got to feel if your team's down and out, and that's the way that they can make you feel. But, again, for a team that hasn't looked like they could beat a powder puff team in the last four weeks – I, I'd take some solace in the fact that uh, my team's good enough to still be favored in the NFL, and that they are. So, they can find their way back. Maybe they can score more than 12 points. Being a favorite but being, a happy, win,
3: being happy about being a favorite by four and a half points against the worst team in the league when you're one and three and you don't score points. That's, similar, that's a similar feeling to being shot three times in the chest and somebody going out, here's an Advil. I would
1: say that it's more like, getting here's a low shot dose,
3: here's a low dose aspirin to cure your gunshot wounds. That's a, that's essentially what you're telling me to be happy about.
1: I would suggest that it's more like getting shot three times and then, after two weeks of staying at the hospital, you get to walk out, and you get to realize that you still, get to, live, you still get to live life. Because what? Two <laughs> this and is three, preposterous. Two and three in the NFL is
3: not Just let him, let him
1: wrap up the show. I don't want to oh, wrap up. No, I'm
3: not going to let him wrap up the show like this. <laughs> I refuse to let him wrap up the show like this. I don't get to be happy because the Bengals are favored on the road against the worst team in the sport. No, I'm not excited about it. I just got shot five times in the head. And Trace just reached out and gave me a warm towel and said, here, hope that helps.
1: <laughs> the, business, the Cincinnati Bengals, I might I remind you, last year, last year, that, I don't know, were a play away from going to the Super Bowl. They were two and three.
3: So, next week. They scored points, though. That team scored next points. Next
1: week, everything I just said was objectively uh, 100% a fact.
3: Yeah, they scored points. No
1: opinions, no irrational decisions. We had a team that was healthy. No overthinking. Just those are the year facts. The Bengals last year were two and three. The Cincinnati Bengals, like it or not, they're favored in the NFL to win a football game next week, and if they do, and when they do, they'll be two and three. The question of the day is, can they find a way to get Joe Burrow back to being what Joe Burrow is and was? I don't know. We'll all find out together, but we'll talk about it for the rest of the week. Our time is done. I much appreciate you coming in here every single day and enjoying us, enjoying yourself and having fun in the chat. But until next time, which is tomorrow, by the way, tomorrow, for those that are wondering, Tom, he will be back next Monday. Perhaps we can find a way to get Tom on the show tomorrow. We'll see what his thoughts are. We've got Kyle Caskey as well tomorrow. We'll see what he has to say, but until then enjoy your Monday. It's beautiful outside. The weather's great. I know we didn't get a chance to do the locals at 11, We'll do them tomorrow. But I can tell you right now. I hope it rains. It's a beautiful day outside. If you live in Cincinnati, go enjoy it. Touch, hope, touch some grass, as they say.
3: I hope a hurricane comes a-blowing.
1: Till next time, much love. 10A. We'll see you tomorrow. 12P.